Episode one of the New Blood Rising podcast. The evolution of the Under Duress podcast is now complete. Now, this is going to be fun. This is Critical Bill coming to you here. And like I said, what's going to be interesting here is there are a billion wrestling podcasts out there where people talk about what's going on on Raw and it's all about the same thing. That's what ours was for a while, but we needed to do something different. The one podcast. That's out. That's not out there. That you can't throw a dart at is the coveted WCW version of the Attitude Era. That's right. We are going to chronicle. Well, when Vince Russo stepped into the doors of the Atlanta-based World Championship Wrestling and tried to duplicate the success that he had up north with the WWF, that's what we're going to start with. We're going to be kicking off with Halloween Havoc '99 in a moment. Joining me in this journey. It's going to be a wild journey here. Down the road here, WCW's version of the Attitude Era, the New Blood Era. I've got first, you know him from the Under Duress podcast, what we were doing before. It's the Jason Kiesler. Jason, excited to be a part of this now. I'm just excited now that there's a third man. I'm no longer bottom billed. That's how you move up in the card, baby. <laughs> Speaking of this, so, you know, that's the fun thing is you've heard the third man joining the booth here. He's the he's going to be the Jesse Ventura of the podcast because he's going to have the one-liners. Why I know is the champion coming out first, <laughs> McMahon? <laughs> that is the great Charlie Stabile, a.k.a. Chuck Stabs. He's... <laughs> Chuck Stabs. I'm just happy to get the and credit here, Bill. <laughs> the and credit. That's right. With the, the little square the, on the, the box. I always love the debate. What's stronger, the with or the and? I'm like, it's the it's and. It's the and. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, up until you got here, I was the with always, you know, the monkey <laughs> fucking sidekick on and I just dance for the people. So, <laughs> so here we are. We're, this is uh, what's fun about this experiment here. Experiment. Well, that takes us back to college, that one. This noble experiment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, mm, mm. Yes. This experiment, what's interesting about it is what people remember about the WCW attitude era, it's so weird saying that, but it, it was an attempt. It was an attempt. Is <laughs> that the fact that it's so, it's so made fun of. It's not ever looked at in high regard. And for good reason. The company shut down. People left. They didn't want to watch it anymore. But... The experiment here is to just experience it as it was going on. Don't look ahead to what eventually happens. People leaving, company closing, people killing their families. You know, we're not going to be talking about that kind of stuff. We want to really just focus on as it was happening because the end result is maybe there was some stuff in there that was better than we remember. Or maybe we never saw it and we wish we might have because... Wow, that's pretty cool. But thankfully for the WWE, with the WWE Network now, we have the opportunity to revisit this stuff, and that's where we're going to be starting. Halloween Havoc 99. So we were talking about this. Russo and Ferrara start the Nitro before. Am I saying this? I would, Ed Ferrara. Ferrara, right. Okay, all right. They start the Monday Nitro before Havoc. So I guess before that point, I forget who was... It wasn't really... Was it Bischoff who was still in the... Or was it Kevin? No, because Kevin Sullivan was after, or was it? Cause... Okay, so I think we're going to be running into the timeline. And I, unfortunately, the Russo, the Arrow 1, 
here in WCW, I think, lasts all of three months before. Yeah, it's not long. But we'll be getting to that down the road. But <clears throat> where, regardless, the Nitro before is when Russo took over and the powers that be angle kind of started. And there was a noticeable change already. A lot of the things we were accustomed to seeing with Russo appeared. You've got... Um, women uh, supremely objectified <laughs> in the worst possible way. But you've also got wrestlers that now are on camera vocally going against management. Almost the work shoot is starting to become a bigger proponent of the show. And then the third is just short, quick matches that don't end with a real finish. We get it's almost like he adopted the wrestling's Aaron Sorkin kind of thing with walking and talking backstage, quick vignettes, cuts back and forth, ninety seconds. We're talking about beefaroni. I don't know. It's I attention know. deficit disorder. Yes, right? would have been kind of an improvement to see that. Quite honestly. So I, what are like? I know what my thoughts thoughts are on it going into it was that I didn't I didn't watch this at the time, so I don't. I, I know who the people are obviously, but. Jason, you watched this, right? So, like, what w- what did you think of Nitro and the pay-per-views right around this time period back then? Well, like, it was a very sudden change. And not in that, like, well, I, I, I lost a lot of weight over the summer. Hey, I'm a new person in high school. Maybe I'm an asshole kind of way. But, like, the, uh, hi, I'm your new teacher. Your teacher died yesterday. And <laughs> I'm going to try to be crazy to connect with you. It was so quick, so in your face. So over the top, and I'm trying not to look down the road, right? But heartbreaking, it right. And some things will slip out. It's okay. I mean, like you know, that that's not a problem. But it's not like you know, hey, when we run into Mike Awesome, you know, the fact that he kills himself probably won't get mentioned for good reason because it's not really relevant in terms of the timeline. Right, but because it didn't happen during the right, up. right. No. Charlie, you're kind of you're in my boat because we. We were pretty much like 100 percent WWE guys at this point. Hardcore. I mean, like because <clears throat> I. I've, I'm trying to remember when I jumped off, and I I think it was right when Goldberg lost. I was like, I feel kind of done. Uh, when he lost to Nash at Starcade. Yeah, yeah, that was that was bad, and it was bad. And that, you know, people forget, you know, the, the finger poke of doom. Oh uh, they, God! They uh, the, everyone always talks about that, but what they don't usually mention is that that was Kevin Nash's title reign that he took from Goldberg. That's it. Uh, from the streak. And I had actually forgotten about that until a couple of days ago. And that actually makes it so much worse. And of course, that's the same night as the Butts and oh, Seeds comment. Oh, right, the Butts and Seeds comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boy, what a joining of bad stuff just oh all around gosh. WCW. Yeah, and you think that's a Nitro in the Georgia Dome. Like, you're going to bring it heavy. But that seemed to be like the... That was the... Was that the... It wasn't the Nitro right after Starcade, but wasn't it like... It was the either first, the one after or the, or the two first of well, the new year, right? Yeah, yeah, it January, was. Yeah, I got it. So that would January be, yeah. 4th. That's right. Oh, you've got that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, I love this. Explain to the... Because people can't see what you're reading, obviously. Tell them what you have at the, your disposal. I, every year, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated used to put out an almanac. And, you know, I was a big Back to the Future Part <laughs> 2 fan. So I was like, I always have to have the almanac. And and uh, it's, it's very interesting because it breaks down... Pretty much everything that happens up until that point, and right now what I'm looking at is uh, the ratings numbers for the entire year. And the January 4th, I mean, it's amazing how actually, how close it was. 
Uh, <laughs> Charlie goes back in time to like July of '98, and he's like, a, "I'm betting 50. Work in reverse. <laughs> I'm betting. I'm, he's like, "I'm betting a hundred grand that Hulk Hogan beats Kevin Nash with one move to get the title, <laughs> and it's gonna happen in January of '99." Well, it's, I think it's worth pointing out because I was looking at this last night that that January fourth Nitro. So that's what ten months prior to yes. what, the night we're talking about. Right. Nitro scored a five rating uh, as opposed to Raw, which had a five point eight. Now. If you go and look through the months leading up to October, uh, WWF's uh, ratings stay consistent with the 5.8, 5.5, stuff like that. Yeah. Nitro at this point gets down to about a 3, a 2.9. And this is, and yeah, because, you know, the first couple of weeks, WCW's in the 5 range, and you can slowly start to see it just go down. And that's what's great about this book. <laughs> It's just like wow! Like I, I wish I could remember those nitros. Because I, I remember like sold out. Like that, that main event was supposed to be Goldberg getting his revenge on Hall. I think was the right. big deal about that. And I was like, I'm sorry, that's not a big deal to me because I know there's only one way this match ends. It's a spear and a jackhammer, and that's the end. Like that, that was kind of the. It's it's a bummer because you know we we've seen guys since then who have been monsters that have been built up and they've lost after being undefeated for a while and they've been okay. This was a case where just it it didn't seem like it was okay at least not for a while because in all honesty I think the build to you know obviously the main event for Havoc as it was built here Halloween Havoc '99 is Goldberg and Sid for the U.S. title. It's kind of funny that the U.S. title is in the the main event, but oh. I, I dug I dug this build going in retrospect on it, like looking through some of the nitros because um the way Sid who it's awesome I forget when Sid reappeared in this in this um in this era, but it was kinda cool to see him back in the game because we hadn't seen him since what, like ninety seven? Was that about when Royal Rumble ninety seven? No, like, no 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 or was it yeah, or was WrestleMania? He did Who lose. did he fight at Mania? Oh Undertaker. Yeah, he Undertaker. dropped the belt. Yeah. He dro- yeah. And so you have that. That's our main event here tonight. So that's nice. Um, it's interesting. Like I said, Goldberg is obviously built to be the destroyer, doing everything he can to get into, you know, get, get at Sid, to get the, the coveted U.S. title that it's slowly And he had out. a cool nickname. I love the, the, millennium. the Millennium Man. Yes. And I he, thought that was a great he name. He claimed he was undefeated as the Millennium Man. I was like, this is great. So anytime I change my gimmick, <laughs> if I change my name a little bit, my record goes away. <laughs> <laughs> Brutus Beefcake would die for this. <laughs> oh, but I guess it worked because if you remember Wrath from the Ant Mortis and oh, Ryan, Wrath, when yeah. he became, well, he was just Wrath again, but it, instead of being all... Kung Fu Ninja, he was just the new Goldberg and had that awesome 7-0 and streak that Nash beat. Mm-hmm. And they were That's like, right. watch, Nash can beat streaks. Like, he beat a guy who's won seven matches since his return from injury, mm-hmm. a.k.a. rebranding um, <laughs> kind of thing. But, but just to go back where you're talking about the ratings, and it, what's interesting is the WCW ratings were 5, the, the WWF ratings were 5-8, and then by the time we get to this point where the, the WCW ratings are down to a three, yet the WWF ratings were still consistent. So it's not like oh, so yeah, they were actually like, turning people off. Yeah. Right. I mean, or yeah. there was just a back and forth during those key times with because that was the cool thing is is most of the time back in the day we watched we watched Raw Live and we taped yes. or we watched Nitro Live and you tape Raw because Raw would come on again or Nitro wouldn't. 
Because, you know, they had to show Mortal Kombat or, or Robin Hood or whatever shitty show. <laughs> movies uh, who got, for guys who like movies. Movies for guys yeah. who like movies. That was Thunder, Thunder. I know, I know, me, I know. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that's the long time. I don't care about shit, but coming up next is the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Here's Joe well, Bob Briggs. That's what I was going to say. I always the, I remember on the Saturday, what was the... Monster s- Vision. This, what was the Saturday version of this type of thing where they have somebody talking about a movie oh, in between commercial Oh, uh, well, there was dinner in a movie. That's it. Remember when remember, dinner in the movie joined the NWO? Right. Because Kevin Nash... Gerwich I, and... I, uh, oh, my God. I used to love that Kevin show. Nash, I remember the one Kevin Nash was on for Rocky Three, and he was like, and he was like downplaying Mickey's death. He's like, he just pushed him. Oh, for God's <laughs> sake. Hey... He said that <laughs> he buried Burgess Meredith. Well, I'm, sh- I'm sure on the WWE Network, in one of the three incarnations of Nash that we see on there, he would be happy to bring up the fact that, hey, he's getting the money, man. Well, there's, there's Stoner Nash. There's I'm accepted that I'm old and gray Nash. Then there's the no, no, I've used the just for men beard in my hair. Yeah, that oh, crappy so half mustache that he's got. All right, but getting back to it, like the first the first thing I noticed right off the bat, you know what it says on the network? The tagline for this is oh, there's two taglines. <laughs> there's two. Um, let's see. Hold on a sec. Yeah, here we go. Uh, the one that I saw that was most obvious was when our inner animals come out to play, which I was <laughs> That's like, "That's the little poster." Yeah, on there, the little thumbnail or whatever is that? I was like, okay, but then I found the second tagline. This is the one, and this is why I was like, I can't wait to talk to Will about this. <laughs> The stuff nightmares are made of. That is my final line in the notes, and there's good reason for it. What a great, like, foreshadowing <laughs> of what we're about to watch. And on top of that, did you? <laughs> when the program starts, Shivani coughs really loud. <laughs> I didn't catch that. <laughs> oh, I had to rewind it. Dude. <coughs> you, well, welcome to. I'm like, well, we're, off to you, we're off and running, folks. You guys were talking about the set, and you nailed it when we were talking off air about it. Just well, the the where the taglines on the network have this. The the subtitle for Halloween Havoc is 1999. Is sexual harassment is a okay? Um, because throughout we'll discuss it, but just starting with the set, you have the giant end boss from Killer Instinct two dry humping the shit out of an inflated. <laughs> jack-o'-lantern with slim jim at the bottom of it as like the tiny third man in a threesome and i love i halloween havoc was one of those pay-per-views like i loved the best gimmick i loved how uh, and that because i mean that's that's when it goes back to 90 or was it 89 was 89 with the road warriors on yeah, the front oh, cover yeah, yeah. yeah. well so like, this the is best star, guest stars you got elvira as the host chucky as your host right, right. so it's but oh, this one, cool. as we talk about, heading into it, like, you know, you had your main event with Sid and Goldberg. The undercard main event, I guess, of uh, as right underneath it was the world title match with Sting defending against Hulk Hogan. Well, at this point, it was old news. Yeah, I, well. <laughs> get to that. But, <laughs> all right, so as the show so opens, we get, a, we get a lozenge needed Tony Schiavone. <laughs> he needs one. <laughs> Tony's got to go three hours. <laughs> but um, we're dark, we hear immediately... Tony and Bobby tell us, of course, Bobby the Brain Heenan, for those who aren't counting at home, but yes, Bobby the Brain Heenan, they tell us that the powers that be have stripped Conan and Kidman, I'm sorry, (laughs) Conan and Kidman, I just want to do that for effect, the filthy animals of the WCW tag team titles. They have been stripped of those titles. We needed that information right off the bat. 
because, well, there's been some shenanigans in the tag team division leading up to what's going to be a triple threat match later well, on. Well, it, it was Ray and Conan, wasn't it? Uh, because well, Ray had a leg injury. Oh, yeah, one, probably the first. Well, yeah, one, which I like thought was hilarious. Of, ten, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, oh, no. I, I mean, this is when he had the mask off and was yes. tiny, oh my God. tiny 16-year-old migrant worker Ray. Helping he looks out like Eminem. Yes. He looks like Marshall Mathers in his overalls and his crutches. It's so bad, but we don't get, like, the thing is, like, ordinarily there, you feel like there's a tremendous amount of, either there's a good video package to lead it off or, like, some really good commentary banter to set it up. Not really. We we get this update on the tag title picture, and then we dive right into a banging uh, opening match of the card. It's Lash LaRue challenging the Disco Inferno for the Cruiserweight Championship. And I'm sorry, like, I feel like when there's a pay-per-view, the very first track of entrance music that you play needs to blow the roof off because... You mean for a wrestler? Or? Yeah, for, yes. Okay. That first... Like the Dudley Boys, like when they would... like Royal Rumble Exactly. Two. So you're yeah. saying Disco Fever did not blow the fucking roof off? Well, you just see like all these drunk Vegas people, they're like, ah. Who's this <laughs> ass clown? <laughs> Do you... Yeah. Like what's funny is... I've, I, 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 the only... The only reason I ever remember that Disco Inferno was in the cruiserweight division was because of revenge when like right. you could contend for the cruiserweight title That's right. with Disco Inferno. He's my like, mom's favorite wrestler. I will <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> she would always play as him and I'd be Alex Wright. Oh, <laughs> and you have the duels. Yeah. yeah. Now the, the, the thing is about Disco is he was awesome in a super cheesy way. And if you had the WCW PlayStation 1 game they had the horrible little clips that they would do if you hover over them, which for yeah. some reason Crowsting was yelling like early 90s, Spike, blonde hair stain, whatever. Disco Inferno was a secret unlockable character. And if, oh, you, that's if right. you unlock Disco, you also unlock the Disco Arena, which if you did Disco's taunt in the Disco Arena, all your opponents were forced to Disco dance. Like some sort of hell. I mean, it was just... It was you know, I, didn't, I didn't play this game. Oh, it sounds yeah. amazing. It was, uh, <laughs> I feel like they were like watching Mortal Kombat and like, we can do these friendships. We can we can one-up the friendships and the babalities. The, the thing is with that game at the time, because this is around, like this is before, right before this, but it, it's perfect. There were so many rumors that, oh, well, you do this and you unlock Goldberg. You do this and you unlock Raven's Flock and all this. And no, the unlockable people were a guy with a basketball for a head right. and some kind of Frankenstein. Oh, and Dr. Frank. Dr. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. From uh, Ro Revenge. Revenge. He was, Revenge. Yep, he was. Right, yeah, right, right. I speared him to hell. Lash, <laughs> so, Lash LaRue, like, we know Disco. He's a poor we, man's Chris Oh, Jericho. man. Poor I mean, Lash LaRue. That's what he is. But yeah. he, he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad, but, like. He's a case later, point oh. Yeah. 0.1. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing about this opening is a pet peeve I know of yours, and that's a champion comes out first. It's the biggest pet peeve I, I have. <laughs> McMahon. McMahon. WrestleMania Five, one of my favorite calls ever. Yeah, because you tried to explain this to me once, where someone was like, "Well, it's really like the champion has discretion, has discretion." <laughs> uh, and I'm thinking, well, why the hell would the champion ever want to come out first? You know, I mean, unless you're the Undertaker and you want to psych the hell out of your sure. opponent, I could maybe buy that. Maybe the Disco Inferno is not going to psych me. Anybody. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's it's it's. Planning that that way. Oh well, the people will sit here. They'll goof off and dance, and they'll boo him longer because he's the first one. Well, here's the funny thing about Lash, though, is like I feel like 
they were wanting him to be bigger than how he was received. Oh, because if you listen to the commentating, how they talk about they him. are building. They're kind him. of building him like with this backstory. And yeah, it's like, it's, oh, but I, when he comes out, that crowd is so dead. Oh, they yeah, could yeah. care less about who this guy is. And the fact that this is a big problem with his matches, it's really not a It's not very well defined face and heel, even though you kind of get the idea maybe Disco is supposed to be the heel, but he actually gets more attention from the crowd than Lash does yeah. in any fashion. So this guy could connect with the crowd. I, I, th I always thought he was a bit of an underrated performer. Like if, if you ever listen to um, backstage interviews, people talking about Disco Inferno, they always make him sound like he's a goof. Yeah, that's and, right. And then they don't take him seriously. And I was always kind of surprised by that because I thought his in-ring work was, was fairly good. Oh, he had like 12 signatures and eight <laughs> finishing moves. I mean, the guy... Like, and directions well, to perform them. Like, <laughs> like, that was the most surprising thing. Like, he... Um, and his move was a stunner. And, and it was called the Chart Buster. <laughs> but they didn't... They called it something different. That's called the Last Dance. The Last <laughs> Dance. And it, which I was like, that's not bad. But, so, the wood, <laughs> this thing, like... I mean, Disco's in control early. You get the thumb to the eye. You know, he's trying to... He is trying to play heel to the Las Vegas crowd, but it doesn't seem like... It It works invariably. You hear occasional Disco sucks chance, but, you know, whatever. That but. could just be... And it was like you were saying... In general. The in general. <laughs> I like this guy, but Disco just sucks. Uh, yeah. And it's like you were saying, though, commentary build, keeps building him throughout the match. But there's a, fun, there's a funny moment, though, where um, Bobby asked, like, Bobby Heenan, like, for whatever reason, even though his name's Lash LaRue, asked, hey, Tony, where's, where's this Lash LaRue from? <laughs> and I love Tony's response, because he asked, oh, just ask Tanae, I don't yeah! know. Yeah! <laughs> just ask Tanae. He's the one who's interested in that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what? what I'm kind of play-by-play guy, backstory <laughs> guys running around backstage. Uh, do you not think where you talk about Lash never got on that if maybe the uh, the assistant coach from the Waterboy was his general manager to talk for him just to you get a guy you can't understand to cut these awesome from everybody 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 Lash and Lash can just be like whittling a coffin in the background or something because <laughs> it would work. I, I, he could have been like a and that's the thing like I don't even think he plays himself as a mega baby face in this. He doesn't seem to have he has a Chris Jericho swagger in mm -hmm. early WCW. Um, early, like, see, that's the key. Like, though. Early. like, yeah. the, like around the time, like right before Jericho like lost it and you know ran right. that chair. Right. It, it was very reminiscent of that because I don't remember Lash LaRue very much. But they talk about his like previous work, his underground scene uh, stuff like that, and and it's very clear that they're interested in him. But as like I have in my notes here, the match is it's a little sloppy. It's very sloppy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, there was one move that I liked, just one. I, Disco Inferno, I thought hit a great DDT. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. DDT, yep. like, it looked great. It's a gr yeah, but other than that, like there's a lot of they d like it. Almost seems like they they did not talk about what they wanted mm -hmm. to do. There's no road agent they to guide got... them. It seems like I, maybe I, I'm sure I'm wrong. I know somebody must have talked to them about how to guide the match, but they, clearly they are on two different pages throughout this entire thing. Because part of the problem is like Disco, he has a pretty defined style he's going to work like he's not he's a light, he's a cruiserweight that's not going to do necessarily the classic Hoovy or Rey Mysterio type of cruiserweight moves he's going to work technical to some degree but he's a muscular guy so he's going to work more power moves probably for a smaller guy for the most part mm -hmm. but Lash like his body type is so weird like yeah. he, he's not he's not that well toned which I don't think is a necessary thing but he's the thing champion. is like <laughs> <laughs> He gets right to it, folks. It's strike two. <laughs> we skipped one. Well, he's a ginger who's not super pale, so that's what's going against him. He he does this. 
cringing Hurricane Rana that look he looks like he lands on the back of his neck. He oh, I have it right here. I, I actually wrote that down. I wrote Lash LaRue bad top rope Frankensteiner. <laughs> yeah. So I mean I, I kinda remember it. <laughs> but Terrible. I mean it must have been bad if I, <laughs> if I pointed for, for it those out. Fo- that continue to follow the show. Lash LaRue does get cooler when the chops and puberty finally sets in and he gets those cool L shaped buttons. Oh yeah, the L's. L L. They they yeah. grow in and then he just eventually starts doing this. You know who also had that? Horseshoe. Where did he go? <laughs> he he's not around here. It's different because he had to do this. And, and, and he did like the Austin arms. But he he cur- did do the Austin arms. But he curled snakes. the wrists. Like snakes. <laughs> but they were creating a horseshoe as a tribute to his favorite cereal. Disco then all of a sudden, he's, he nailed, he he goes on like he must get like dialed into like a mega special because he hits his signature <laughs> swinging neck breaker. Yep. Followed by his spike his spike pile driver. He's I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that awesome. you're right. That looked great. And, and, and they replayed it and it feet. still looked good with the replay. And, and I kept thinking, I was like, was this also the chart buster? <laughs> <laughs> it's the edge of magic. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's oh, the, God. the next to last dance. <laughs> <laughs> and then like so then the finish comes and it's very botchy like it's it doesn't a, look right yeah and it's like he turn like he reverses into his last dance stone cold stunner <laughs> it's, it's very odd because he doesn't do it like austin which is always the problem right you know? like he, he takes his time with it kind right of like austin did in the beginning right before he added the kick yeah before he added the kick right um, and can I just ask? Because yeah, sure. this, this drives me nuts. It's from the. It's a commentating thing that they do. What the hell is a pinning combination? <laughs> because they call it literally after like a clothesline and a cover. And Tony Schiavone goes, "Oh, great pinning combination." Oh, oh t- Tony's on point in this match because he also doesn't know the name of the finishing oh, move. He just says, "That's his move." That's, yeah. his, that, that's his move. That's his, he's supposed to do the. Play. He's not supposed to name it. He doesn't know where he's from. He doesn't know the name of the move. He's not my fucking today. When you're the play-by-play, play, I usually like. If I'm uh, listening to this on the radio, <laughs> he also doesn't have the living legend Larry Zabisco there to remind him oh my. that that wrestling is a huge. Game of chess every forty-five minutes on a run. So, like the bummer is, like as soon as that three count hits, I'm like, well, there goes Lash. There goes all that heat that. But then he pulls a real Chris Jericho. (laughs) Yes, he loses his shit and gives him the. He gives him Owen spinning. Yeah, it's the Kevin Owens. Well, it's the Whiplash, I guess. The J.K. Simmons. But, but I was, <laughs> the racist yellow Eminem. Yes. Us. That move won an Oscar. Oscar lock. Twenty fifteen. Bam. No and he drops it on the belt. And he nails it square yeah, on great. the belt. It, but the funny thing is, like the crowd, nah. kind of <laughs> is kind of upset, but they're really not because they're like, well, we didn't like him anyway. <laughs> Right. It's like, well, wait, weren't you the good guy? I, I know. It's... Good guys don't attack when they, they just whimper away, buddy. I was confused. It's a two and a half out of five. <laughs> Backstage we go. <laughs> Tony and Bobby segue into problems with the revolution. And for those keeping score at home, the revolution are Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, and the franchise Shane Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> and... So we see Chris Benoit, we see a video package of Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko walking into the arena only to be stopped by a very upset Perry Saturn who says, they haven't called. Well, why haven't you guys called? Dean tells him to stick the revolution up his ass and Benoit politely asks for that to be relayed to Shane Douglas. So 
it is plugging that there are problems within a stable. To be there. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think of that. He couldn't get off from a shift at Community Cash. He knew what was target. <laughs> we then immediately cut to a Harlem Heat promo. Oh, oh man, gold. Booker gold. T. Hitman tells them, "We coming for those titles." <laughs> Stevie Ray Neidhart. He chimes. <laughs> he chimes in as well with something. Yeah, that's... baby. <laughs> <laughs> what I had forgotten. What a great tag team! I had dude. forgotten that they had gotten back together. I right, mean, I thought they were done, and oh, it was such a surprise. The, this was after the NWO's gigantic overstaffed implosion. Right so, when they called oh, Stevie. Yeah. So yep. Stevie just, are you st- done trying to use the flapjack for your finishing move? Oh, <laughs> Jesus! And it was funny. He's like Booker. Remember, a year before had arguably the best series of matches, maybe that ever was with, with one Rick guy. Martell. <laughs> those, those were good those matches. Were, those were the, ben the ones with Benoit. The Benoit the oh, the Benoit matches. The, bit, yeah. the seven, right. the best of seven yeah. TV titles. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, those were. Were classic. you at the Coliseum when Benoit made him tap and took the belt off him, and in one of those non-disclosed title changes? Was it a house show? Yeah. Yeah. I was. I, I, if it was North Charleston Coliseum, I was there. <laughs> and that was. I, I remember I sat with somebody who got so angry that DDP kicked out of the even flow. He was like, "This is so fake," and I was like, "What?" Wait, time out. <laughs> that, that's what makes you think it's wow. That's what breaks the fourth I can wall. kick out of a DDT. <laughs> well, he probably hasn't watched wrestling since 88. Yeah, the DDT, the DDT was, was a finisher. Fucking move. As opposed to, uh, yeah. The, the second track has. off a of 10. <laughs> so now we're set up. It is the tag team title match. <laughs> we we don't we don't have a champion anymore because it's been it's been officially taken away from the filthy animals. But it is Kidman and Conan defending against the first family, who are Hugh Morris and Brian Knobs under the tutelage of Jimmy Hart. Doesn't that sound like a Bobby Heenan team? Yeah. Like I was I was like, well, who's this first family? Uh-huh. And I see them come out. I'm like, no way. Like, it should've, they should have just the first family. Heenan, let Heenan yeah. manage again. Have, try to kill Hulkamania again. The, wait, the first family. It's Dave Van Buren and Martin Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I, I think they're the only guys oh that bother to go. It's called Halloween Havoc, guys. Let's dress up. And, right. But, of, but let's not have a theme. But of course, the third team in this is the Harlem Heat. They're vi- like what, the only real team. What are they, they're going for? Because they make mention. They mention it's it. Like I, what ninth ninth, title? It's like their ninth yeah. title, something like that. Yeah, which is epic for you know back when the WCW tag title meant something. But what's really funny is the filthy animals, and I hate calling them that. But Kidman and Conan both come out with the tag title belts, even though we were told that. <laughs> the powers that be stripped them of the titles. Right. Tony, Tony though shifts into high gear and he's like, he tries yeah. to, he, he covers for that immediately. Yeah, like, he gives up as time goes on. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that he's later. Just like, They're coming at me with an oversized cell phone. Oh wait, no, that's a camera. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. right. The- Kidman's got the camcorder. That's right, because I always feel like the filthy animals were like. They were like a personification of like a 90s Green Day song. Like just these lazy kids on the California shore. They did that, man. With three count. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The flock. Three count. Silence. <laughs> they haven't existed yet. And they're awesome oh, when they do. Did you notice Continue. Hugh Morris and Brian Nobbs, they kind of have like this guar thing going. Like <laughs> yeah. the, the, oh, out, the, yeah. Whatever the hell that was. <laughs> yeah, on their face. And not, <sighs> Brian not like... 
Because uh, we all remember Brian Knobs was quite the technician back in his WWF days. I mean, I don't know how he's going to adapt in this hardcore style because... That's true. You know, hey... No I, one I, did an armpit scrub better. <laughs> it's like Hogan's leg drop. That was it. That was, <laughs> he's who you think of. But this... We didn't see Knobs with another guy. That's like, the thing. I was wondering if you were thinking that. Because that's so Cause weird like, to me. Because like... <laughs> and, and with Jimmy Hart. Which... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I... <laughs> Wait, what? how are you the first family? Aren't you just the Dungeon of Doom? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. I mean, these were. It's, uh. But anyway, so this match is a street fight. Yeah, falls count anywhere. It's two street, refs. Well, yeah. Yeah, I love the two refs thing, because you know there's going to be a clusterfuck in there somewhere. But right off the bat, there's a rope break. <laughs> this is a huge pet peeve. Of this ours, is number two. Yeah. I know there's, there's, there's no rope break and no disqualification because <laughs> if you get if you have a guy in a submission hold and the and he grabs the rope and there's a rope break, why would you ever let no, go? What's, I, I, the one thing I admire is at least that Knobs and Morris know what the match is and they're like, oh fuck it, we're getting weapons right right now. away. And everyone else is like, oh, we'll get a little collar elbow tie up. Collar elbow tie up. So uh, did you plan? Nope. Fuck, we're getting hit with chairs. And did you, the weapons, like, did those, oh, they did bad. not look gimmicked at all. Hmm. This, the trash cans look like real trash cans. Yep. Like, it's... Knobs is winded in two minutes. <laughs> did you notice he, that? He did he was run and just steal some trash cans. Yeah. There's possibly AIDS-infected needles in there in his Las Vegas. And this is, now see, the first match doesn't, maybe doesn't indicate it, but this has Russo written all over it. It is a train wreck of a match. I wrote, literally, fuck this match <laughs> in my notes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible. And... Can we skip to the finish? Okay, so so, so eventually, well, yeah. before we get okay, necessarily okay. remember remember Cone, Hugh Morris, they call Hugh Morris. I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do the Stone Cold no, 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 bit. No, no. Why not? But um, but um, he does a no laughing matter to Conan yeah. through the table, and Conan clearly separates his shoulder. Yeah, he is. Done. I thought it was legit. Too. Yeah, yeah, it is. It looks. Horrible, but that's not the worst part in this match, because <laughs> backstage we get the Harlem Heat just going to town. Is it? it it's it's knobs, right? It's, it's knobs it's, and both of the Harlem Heat. Yeah, uh oh, yeah. <laughs> that's. <laughs> Let's keep it in ninety nine. Tell you some sucker, you go. Oh, and so like, and and of course immediately even before we get to the back. The, the Havoc set is destroyed immediately. Yeah. That's yeah. too. <laughs> With, and I mean, even the commentators are laughing at just how, how cheaply made the, the little the tombstones are that they're beating each other yeah, with. It's like something out of Plan 9. <laughs> yeah, they're just <laughs> knocking them over like there's no, like there's no problem. I'm going to have a nice call out for a particular tombstone and camera yes, shot later. Do that. If you know what I'm thinking yes, about. Because I was reading them too. And yeah, there's a poorly timed one. Which we'll discuss when the match happens. The finish, though, we get to in well, part one of two finishes here. Right. <laughs> the the first the one finish, that we see on camera and the one that we don't. Go ahead and <laughs> deliver the, the. What's the finish? Well, as I, well, he grabs a mummy and Sherry. That was and, Sherry, obviously. And he, he power slams the mummy like on top of him, and that's the finish. And then we hear the bell ring again as the Harlem Heat are walking to the ring. Yeah, so Stevie Ray Neidhart... The plot is the, none of our business. It, it's so funny because, yeah, for what, somehow Kidman gets the roll-up on Hugh Morris. Right. And so they ring the bell. Which and, is implausible, by the way. Right. Oh, it's, it's, so, it's so stupid. But keep going. Penn, like, the, the, they're immediately giving the belts to the filthy animals when the... When, 
Harlem Heat looked visibly upset. <laughs> so this is what I wonder. Like, so of course, like they take like all of like two minutes to figure out now the fact that, um, well, those guys, they kind of pinned them first back there. So it, so Harlem Heat are the are the winners. They are rightfully given the belts. But doesn't this feel like the finish was supposed to be more simultaneous? I feel like it was screwed up. It was supposed yeah. to happen closer to the same time so that you could argue that. I mean, the thing is to execute that the timing like. Unless you don't they even could, know where the guy is. I mean, unless could they see him on? I'm, I'm sure they had to have seen him on the the Turner truck. <laughs> well, that, well, I, I was wondering that too. But if when you hear the pinfall happen with the Harlem Heat, you don't hear any crowd reaction. That's right. So I'm don't. thinking, did That's they even point. see that? They they probably didn't. Then. Well, it was and, probably the same thing where we didn't see the other right. pinfall. The crowd was only probably shown what was happening in the ring because people go to the back. Obviously, they're getting coffee <laughs> in a street fight. You know, they're, they're not actually going to do anything. Conan, he's having a hard time getting out of the ring. The the um, <laughs> the no laughing matter. Well, it, it wasn't one, folks, and the rest of the filthy animals. What's left of them come and help Conan. Get, get, <laughs> <laughs> come and help. Uh, Doesn't Conan. Ray come out and just stand oh, there? He's just and standing watch. there. <laughs> well, then like, we get Ray and Tori show up with concern. <laughs> Yet another man down for the filthy animals. We've got one stable imploding. We've got. <laughs> the, the, We've got, we've got another one that's hitting the local ER soon enough. We're in the parking lot now, and the flares have arrived. Oh. Rick is armed with a crowbar, and David with despair and self-loathing. <laughs> the crowbar, the weapon of the night. Yeah, there's this theme. And David I'll Flair's Rick crazy. Flair is marching in hot. He is ready to go. Yeah. Why? Ooh. We'll get to it soon. Because in the ring, even faker Nirvana music hits. <laughs> what <it's>... is that? WWE, <laughs> <laughs> really? This is smells like you someone ate Teen Spirit. I guess is what this is. This is they could have used "Smells Like Nirvana" and it, and it would have been acceptable. I mean, I don't know what the hell this song was. I well, mean... it's a it was the cover of DDP's cover because for some did he use in like, WWE? What? If you no. notice, if you notice, like, and now if uh, seeing other things on the network with DDP in this era, if there's ever a moment where they play the music for five seconds and then like a beatdown starts and the music would kill off how it normally would, they don't play the even faker Nirvana. You hear self high five. I heard that. You hear it. <laughs> you hear it. And uh, but anyway, we've got a, a heel Diamond Dial- Dallas Page. I'd forgotten. Don't he like was, heel Diamond no, Dallas Page. Never have. Nope. And cut walking in the ring with Kimberly, who is always cold wherever she goes. I was watching this with a lot of drunk people that that happened to notice that uh, Kimberly's left nipple was like a lazy eye. It just kind of kept going and looking in its own direction. I was wondering if she had something in the in the uh, a bun in the oven. In, yeah, a bun, yeah uh, well, a, bun, a bun in the oven. No, no, no. no. Oh, 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 turkey's no. done. That's, is that what you're going with? She's pregnant. Her boob is funny. That's that's not where that's not where babies go. You're getting ready to have one. I hope you know this. <laughs> the the build here is um, Paige is coming out. He he's cutting a promo on the flares. Because on the Nitro previous, mind you, the debut of the Russo-Ferrara era, Kimberly entices a very impressionable David Flair to come up to the hotel room where she's up there, scantily clad, but guess who opens the door but the 14th time? (laughs) And he, oh my God, Ric Flair goes nuts. He He defies physics. When I saw this clip, I thought it was a gift because, you know, there's those guys that like to just show the old stuff where he comes out and goes for the bed bounce 
like he's going to lay it out, and immediately is sprung right back into position. Oh, yeah. That was not a gift. He is that was the so excited. It looks like he was in the hotel bar like an hour beforehand, just knocking him back, getting ready for this. So yeah. happy that Bischoff's not working there anymore. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, he is. Wick Flair's on another planet on this show. And so we get DDP, the king of the stop plosives, as we have billed him throughout our That's theater right. career. What? I, I need a little... Look at his backstory on this. Tell him what a stop plosive Well, is. a stop plosive is when you're hitting your consonants. Just, just punching the living hell out of them. And DDP is the king. Uh, of doing that, there you go. he says the whole hotel gig was a swerve, mm. and that there was the, there was a bigger plan in motion. And this is where DDP's uh, wordplay here gets interesting. First of all, he calls David Flair Davy Boy, which feels weird because <laughs> I don't like it. There's only one Davy Boy in wrestling, and it's certainly not not loathing and despair, David uh, Flair. Oh. <laughs> So the crowd is giving tons of heat. They're get they're they're all over Paige because he's talking about how because I think we even get Kimberly who chimes in about the fact that Flair spanked her fourteen times and then DDP's like all you could do was spank her fourteen times. You looked at that and, and all you could do was spank it. And I'm like oh Jesus. So then Russo. we get into the wordplay that has the masturbatory uh-huh. allusions to it, talking about what is it. Well, he. <laughs> Let's go on. I'm interested. Why don't you give me a little insight? <laughs> he asked, like the the idea is, they want to amp up their match and make it a strap match, and so DDP starts to talk of. He asks Ric Flair if he wants to spank him, Diamond Dallas Page, and get jacked. In a strap match. <laughs> oh, and whack it as well. That is thrown in there for good measure. Why not? Cover the bases. Thank you, Russo. Promo over. <laughs> well, let's not forget what the a seemingly awkward while he's... Do you want to get spanked and jacked? I thought he was pulling the, his belt off to, like, you know, accentuate. And the belt just kept coming and coming. And I thought, like, is it hung on a loop? Did he try to take it off backwards? No, it's the strap. 12 feet of leather stuffed in this man's pants. So, where did it go? I, where, where did it come from? <laughs> it came from Stanford, Connecticut. Oh, oh. This was the plan. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, we have that's going to be our match Ric Flair and DDP, a strap match later on. So, now, you know, if we're not thinking about what we if we're thinking about it as if we're seeing it, wow. That's three pretty good matches that we're looking forward to. Oh, there's no doubt. This is a great card. Card is the word. Card. (laughs) Subject to change doesn't mean the people. (laughs) Right. No, that's true. Because I want to emphasize that real quick. WCW, it was very obvious to me while watching this show, WCW was loaded with talent. Loaded. Like, WWE, like, in the future, I can only assume, would kill to have a talent roster like this. Right. I... I mean, because is that in your almanac? <laughs> <laughs> Make like a tree and leave. <laughs> Sound like a damn fool when you say it wrong. I just feel like that when I leave, Hill Valley is going to be a different place, <laughs> and my principal is going to be patrolling the streets trying to tell people they're late for class. <laughs> but Sammy Hagar music will still be playing. <laughs> and my mom will have rocking tips. <laughs> In the back, Goldberg <laughs> is walking and walking with demands as to where Sid Vicious is. 
Still in the back, we've got, it's Eddie G, Eddie Guerrero with Mike the Muscle Tanay. <laughs> uh, I bet all, he knows where Eddie's from. <laughs> all parties are going to be banned from ringside as Eddie and Saturn go at it tonight. It's the revolution against the filthy animals or what's left of both of them. I say that as Fred Willard because that's how it feels. <laughs> it's sad to believe that in some countries, most of these dogs are eaten. Oh <laughs> The, the battle of weak and crumbling stables rages on. It's coming to a climax. Oh, Not yet. Another Sa sexual pun, folks. Saturn and Eddie G set for action. Eddie G. Eddie G in the ring. Hard to tell who the face and heel is here as well because... None neither... of our business. <laughs> <laughs> Just enjoy what you're going to get. But at least, you know, that's the thing. Like, regardless of that fact, it is Eddie Guerrero. It is Perry Saturn. Two guys who, um, if you put me in a, a WCW-NWO revenge game and oh. I got either one of these guys in a battle royal, I'd be happy. Oh, Eddie. Eddie was phenomenal in those games. Perry Saturn was like my Perry's favorite. Perry's rings of Saturn and the Death Valley driver. You're he, right. I he, used to use Saturn a lot. Because he could do all... He could do the moonsaults. He could do the suicide dives. He had all the light heavyweight moves, but then he had the power moves. Right. Couldn't... I love, I love these yeah. guys. Yeah. And this was a good match. Do, do, do you remember... Did, uh, remember before the match, Eddie Guerrero takes the Rolex? That he uh, stole? Oh, the fuck. <laughs> Who, what, was so, that Flair's Rolex? Yeah, so like... I, Again, like, we're already seeing how storylines are all over the place. They're all interweaving and out, but, but not necessarily in good form. But they all join in at the commentator's table. <laughs> like, there's, a huge, I was gonna, there's a huge amount of discompopulation because it seems like everyone is out to fuck everyone else over. Right. It's like a bad movie in the 90s where, like, oh, we got to get that kind of Reservoir Dogs ending where right. everyone Everyone's it. down. Yeah, so... Eddie, Eddie Guerrero at some point steals Ric Flair's Rolex, which he brings to ringside and puts in the careful hands of Bobby Heenan. Instead of just putting it in a locker and backstage. Like, right. Why do you got to bring it out? So the action starts immediately. I high, definitely high hopes for this match. I did this, too. Two ECW alums going at it. You know that you're going to get great work rate out of it. Um, very quickly, though, and this becomes a trope of the Russo era, it takes all of the, like, I think like a minute and a half before we're on the outside, which becomes common with all these matches. We wind up on the outside frequently tonight, and this one is no different. Um, where are we at with this? Okay. Eddie's using the... Uh, he gets him on the outside, uses the stairs and the guardrails, but Saturn pushes Eddie into the stairs, then lands a power slam in the ring. They're just flying all over the place when it seems like early. What other... like? What did you want to get to in this one? Because I know you were I was, excited. This about was the this. first match I was really getting into, and then I was taken immediately out of it. Not so much by the choreography of the match, but the fans. The fans started. I think they were booing this match, or they were. They were boring chains. They were boring chains. Boring chains. And I, mm -hmm. I just lost my shit. Like mm -hmm. I, I almost spit on my television. Mm -hmm. I was like furious because this was like the first good thing we've seen. Oh my god! And the god. fans just shit all over it. Yeah. And uh, you know, these guys were working really hard. Granted, oh, it wasn't God. like psychologically making a whole lot of sense because there was a lot of catches, catch can wrestling. Yes, that's that didn't right. make you know that didn't quite flow right. Uh, that wouldn't make sense in that kind of kayfabe mindset of well, you know, one move lead to the other kind of thing. Right. But it, still, it was it was something. It was exciting. Well, it was fascinating because Eddie's working. He's working Saturn's wrist a lot in the beginning. Saturn's working Eddie's knee, which it makes sense. You know, that's a, the frog splash is his move. He can't go to the top rope. I mean, decent psychology. Decent. It's not, we're, you know, 
<laughs> we're not uh, up. We're not up north with it here, folks, or no. anything. But still, it's it's. But decent. we'd like to be. Uh, <laughs> it's somewhere in the. Well, do you think that, like potentially how another pay per view may be later on down the road that WCW that some of these people in Vegas were come see this pay per view. It wasn't like people that wanted to come. This was almost like. Because there seemed to be a lot of apathetic people even at the beginning. Sure. Uh, WCW had a real problem with uh, comping tickets um, around this time, too. Especially in Vegas. Well, I mean, Vegas. Which is not like... It's not a wrestling capital. No. No. You know, it, WWF uh, it's I, a, did WrestleMania 9 there. Right. I, I remember that. And that's the only other time I remember I mean, WWF what, How many people there? were there? Like, it's... 9,000. 9,000. Exactly. And it was an outdoor event. I love that WrestleMania. I don't care what anyone says. Sure. The look of it is great. The look, it looks so cool. Yeah. But still, it's not a wrestling town. And well, it's the MGM Grand. So the mm. only people you're going to be getting are like drunk casino tourists. Sure. That's really it. Like, and uh, you want to fill seats. Uh, a young Skip Sheffield is not showing up to this. <laughs> Thank you for booing Roman Reigns. I think he was, uh, he was working at the barbecue place and couldn't afford it. No, no. I was reading The Secret mm. and I was becoming positive. Uh, never mind. All right. Um, Big spot here. I love Saturn nails a top rope Northern Lights suplex on Eddie. A releasing Northern Lights. Thank God he didn't hold on to it. That would have been rough. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have any hair to support him. No. <laughs> that's why his. Maybe that's a bump that knocked his eyes out of place. Oh. I'm so sorry. I, it's so rough when he when he started to notice it. Anyway. <sighs> Rick so, Flair. So here we go. <laughs> Mr. Arrive Blade Leave oh. decides to show up. And, <laughs> and this is another typical trope of Russo booking right. where uh, uh, we just refuse clean finishes. Refuse. Yeah. Just absolutely refuse to do it. Like, so go on with Rick Flair. <laughs> Flair attacks Eddie Guerrero, which calls for the bell. And what's funny is we see Kidman try to make the save, but no, Ric Flair eats him as well. Mm-hmm. With the, Assault. I, I believe yeah. it's a crowbar. He does come out the, with a crowbar. I told you, a yeah, crowbar. Yeah, yeah, it's the come, weapon of the angel. But, but here's, what's, here's what's great. Tori Wilson tries to get mixed mm, up in things, uh-huh. but Space Mountain himself Woo! dances around her and kisses her right on the lips. It's a hilarious spot. Because he holds it for like 10 seconds. And then, of course, like there's that awkward, oh, maybe I kind of enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I enjoy that. being raped. It's so funny. <laughs> Ric Flair, like. that rapey vibe yeah. from her. Like, oh, I think she wants it. He <laughs> was. Ric Flair was so into this bit that he forgets to go get the Rolex from. The, the, the Rolex? I fuck that too. It's not real. <laughs> he go. He, he forgets to go get his watch from the table. He, he walks all the way up the ramp. And then it's like Doug Dillon. Drew's like, hey, um, hey, Rick. <laughs> Rick, you forgot your watch. Oh, <laughs> and so he woos. Oh, he can woo right back. It's fine. Yeah, it's not like did, people are gonna be oh, losing. He, had, he just he was getting ready to go pawn it anyway. Uh, yeah, <sighs> we've got action in the back. Goldberg Uh-oh. mounted over Sid, beating the shit out of him. Sid is busted open big time, screaming, "Is that all you got?" <laughs> over and over. Do you want another? Good Mark God. arrives at the set. Good God Almighty. He's getting color in a backstage segment <laughs> that I swear... It's bad. It's, um, it's already bad, and it's only going to like get worse. Austin... First blood match with Undertaker. And I love it because it's Sid it's, like softball Sid is in his polo uh, here in the back. Looking like, for his knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But we don't. Here we go. <laughs> and then Buff Bagwell. Buff, Buff, Buff Daddy. Buff Bagwell's music hits. It's time for a blockbuster promo. Oh. <laughs> 
Buff has got a problem with the writers from up north and Jeff Jarrett. In fact, he wants to shove his foot up his ass. Everyone likes to do that tonight. Everyone wants to just shove it up their ass. It was the 90s. Proctology was really big. <laughs> he's, he's angry with Jeff Jarrett, and who wouldn't be with old slap nuts? Because, well, you know, what, he, what does he do? He comes in and just either... He hits mid-card guys with guitars or innocent women, one or the other. Right. <laughs> but, oh, gosh. So where we end up with this is Slap Nuts himself comes on, comes running down. I, I'm, <laughs> oh, Mom wouldn't let me buy that T-shirt, by the way. <laughs> I wanted that T-shirt. Don't piss me off. Don't piss me off. Jeff Jarrett runs out. You know, he's, he's heard enough of the Buff Bagwell promo, speaking for all of us. Runs Which out. makes him face. He... See, he runs out with the guitar, but then what else? But who else runs out? But don't call him Double L. This is the total package, not Lex Luger. The right. total package. The total package. <laughs> the total package runs out. Why? Good question that you may ask. Why? Last Monday, and of course the debut episode of Russo and Ferrara. What happens? But we see poor Miss. Elizabeth laid out backstage with a guitar like hanging around her neck <laughs> like she has just been decapitated by old slap nuts that's that's the thing like you're led to believe that is Jeff Jarrett and that's what makes the heel total package who is kind of doing a face thing here by running in on the supreme heel Jeff Jarrett whatever we know how this spot ends and it's atrocious because you know the the wizard of weapon weaponry here. Lex Luger gets the guitar. He goes to hit Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett, the that he's that wily veteran, gets out of the way. True ring general. And yeah. Jesus, Buff Bagwell eats the worst guitar shot since uh, was it Jake? Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts from Honky yeah. Tonk. So now remind me how this Jesus. went. How did how did he hit him with this guitar? Because I have okay. it written down that it looks awful. Well, here we have on the replay back. And to the left, <laughs> you can clearly see Buff Bagwell's brain plot, but right there with the bass. Now, if you've never seen a guitar, you know they have these long necks that attach to this body, and the part of the neck attached to the body is generally pretty firm because that's what holds the weight. And this is what hit Buff in the head, and the guitar didn't shatter, turning into the cork board that it the is. The sound that it it's makes bad. is so rough. I mean, it you. It's it's one that no matter how bad the acoustics are in the arena, you're gonna hear this blunt. Yeah. So weapon. good for you, Luger. That's right. And to this day, <laughs> and then what's, back, we'll what's watch even better is, man, he, he completely misses the melon fucking head that Buff Bagwell has, but then manages to ace it on the turnbuckle and the right. fucking the fucking guitar. He's Super Bowl Saturdays <laughs> the turnbuckle. <laughs> Oh, and what's God. great is if you hear Jeff Jarrett going up the ramp, he says you can't even swing a guitar. I miss that. <laughs> he says I miss that. <laughs> you can't even swing a guitar. Oh, to the back. It's softball Sid Vicious. He's <laughs> in stitches. He's in full-on rage mode. But that's not all. Eddie Guerrero is nursing hurt ribs on the stairs. What is that all about? I, he <laughs> looks like he's near death. Sorry, Eddie. And <laughs> And and I, I wrote it down. Why isn't Eddie receiving medical attention? No, I mean he's on the steps. He clearly looks like he's in pain. It, he's, he's making a long distance it, call. It, uh, <laughs> it, ten ten two twenty. Oh. No 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 no. Oh, <laughs> well, you didn't. Uh, you didn't <sighs> use ten ten two twenty, D'Lo Brown. You should have called me because you broke Jaws's fucking neck, you asshole. And that's the thing about the Bagwell thing is he had only broken his neck like a year before. Mm -hmm. 
That's what made that in so Columbia. Cool. In yeah. Columbia, of all yeah. places, Rick Steiner oh, with the place. Bosch Bulldog from yeah. the top. Well, they replayed that to death. Oh. <laughs> oh, and later in 2004, Buff Bag would have a run-in with me at a SmackDown taping, and it didn't turn out well for old Buff. What? Well, that'll be a story. <laughs> for now, folks. Yeah, I want it, to. It's a good one. Uh, you don't break in front of me at the beer line. <laughs> Up next, <laughs> Up next, it's the mid-card grudge match shit. we've been waiting for. This it's is match four, <laughs> right? Okay, because we're, we're going to have to talk about this, but keep going. We're at it's, match four. It's that it's the incredulous Brad Armstrong. Yeah! And take my breath away, I mean Berlin. <laughs> That's right. Now, see, my, what I loved about Brad Armstrong's attire is here is he comes anyway? out in the oversized USA sweatshirt and no oh pants because it's only cold on top, baby. It's, <laughs> it's the only thing I can see with him. And I was a huge fan of the Candyman, Brad Armstrong, with his little peppermint tights that he wore in the early 90s and six-man tagging with Sting and Luger. Right. And I then mean, here he comes to fight the tyranny of Rus I mean, Berlin. And the thing is, like, this has been building. Like, this is this is a a thing. It was a thing. Like for weeks, these guys were spatting with each other, getting involved in each other's matches. He was the Jack Swagger of the '99 WCW. And what's what's awesome here is the fact that, um, as we would see, as we'd see with Goldust and later with John Morrison, we get some video effects on the entrance (laughs) for Berlin. We get that little filter where it looks like it's like a French New Wave film all of a sudden with Dutch angles. As here comes, oh, it's a Guy Ritchie film. Now. Here comes remember. Berlin. I can't remember if that was Berlin's actual music they're playing on the network. See or that? If it's re- oh, it's uh, Odejo. Well, I can't. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. it is it's Die Hard. It's Die Hard. It should have just been called Berlin Gruber. It's Die Hard in a bad gimmick. <laughs> Look out! It's his. Sidekick. I love that movie. <laughs> It's a sidekick, Swedish guy who comes back to life at the end. But you see, the, here's the problem. This is supposed to be, this is built to be something pretty big for the mid-card. This and is what the are, this, No, here's the problem. In, the, in this epic entrance for your big heel, you're talking all about Goldberg and Sid. That's all they did was talk about them during this entrance instead of, I don't know, recap a little bit more for the people at home so they can buy into this fucking guy. Who, I'm sorry, like, we know it's Alex Wright who can't escape the fact. Or he, for whatever reason, he's always the rookie of the year from, like, what, 97 or whatever it was? To the Almanac! To the Almanac! (laughs) Keep talking. (laughs) All right, so the USA chants are there. We know they're going to be anytime, you know, you're against anybody who's... Well, I not. hate that crap. I mean, it's the easiest. <laughs> I, I do the easiest pandering in the book when you fucking, fucking get Sergeant Solitude. That's... <laughs> oh, the best is Brett Yoko at nine. Oh, and Bobby Heenan's like he's Canadian. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite Chris Jericho like like retorts in the middle of a match. And they're like, "Go back to Toronto, you go back to Toronto," and he goes, "I'm he... from Winnipeg, you idiot." It's so funny, so funny. All right, so. We know Alex Wright can work. Berlin, whatever. We know he can work, no doubt about it. But I'm sorry. Even with Brad Armstrong, a guy who's a good, solid worker, this thing just... It it doesn't fly off the hinges like you think it it, it could be if this is a grudge match. And uh, this thing lasts like... I, it wasn't it's maybe, short. It was like, like six minutes. Yeah. Oh, it's six? It I, is. I, I, that's pretty and, long and for this paper. And so this is a lot... This is the big problem I have with the Lash LaRue thing, too. Like... The whole match is a build on Berlin because we know between these two guys, if one of them is going to go somewhere, it's not Brad Armstrong. I'm you sorry. Sure? Yeah. 
USA I'm sorry. Church he's not the he's not the the O R or I'm sorry O R. I can't even the, spell it. The, the O R. <laughs> I want to hear this. No, he's he's not the road dog. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna can it. Move the on. The R O A double D. Yeah. That's the thing that's so sad is like you know right at this time that road dog is just I mean it's, oh he's on fire. I mean it's at this time. No 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 no. You're right. You're right. No, because New Age Outlaws are gone at this point. But still, like, the second he would pop into an arena, people would blow up because you've got... (laughs) Because, I mean, that that entrance music alone would always get everybody excited. And the fact is, poor Brad Armstrong just never, you know, sadly had that. But the point being, here's the problem. This short match ends with, you know, Berlin going for his, like, reverse... DD I call it the Ruby Cutter because it's like a bad diamond cutter. Oh, goes, Ruby, the cutter. Ruby Cutter. <laughs> I like it. Oh. I like it. But it's like it, it's more like he's doing like the RKO version where he's jumping into it, but it's like a reverse right. neck breaker. Yeah. Is instead of a oh. face bump, you're right. It's yeah. a back bump. But that's savvy Brad Armstrong. What's he do? He holds on to the top rope. Right. So Berlin takes a bad back bump. A bad enough back bump that Brad Armstrong just gets a one, two, three, three and guys. that's it. Okay. And there's the the wall. At ringside, who doesn't really get involved yet? Can I ask you? Because uh, I don't remember who is the wall. Like, uh, he was supposed to be like his heavy. Oh, I know that. And but... then it, I don't. He I didn't recognize who he was. And then he winds up overtaking him. When is that, they how, get is this, that what happens? Yes, Berlin. Like not in a cool way. Next, but it's just it's, that people get more drawn to him. The next, I think, I mean, it's, it's like it, Mr. Hughes. I mean, yeah. you might as well have just gotten him. <laughs> When we get to Mayhem, I think you start to see the dissolution mm-hmm. between the I two. I just don't... I don't remember that guy being anyone else. Because he starts coming out wrestling, because he hadn't wrestled yet. He's just been like the, I'm the guy. Um, and then he's a little more cryptic. It's like a weird Heidenreich without the cheese, mm. if that makes any sense. Failure included, but... <laughs> <laughs> but just like the Lash LaRue match, um, Berlin tries to get some of his heat back early when him and the wall just go to town on Brad Armstrong to try and salvage something out of this blunder that they just ran. But it's a solid one out of five match. That's <laughs> <laughs> a dope solid one out of five. I don't like it when heels have their manager, the manager or valet or whomever, and they don't do anything during the match. Right. Why are you fucking there? Right, especially That's the whole point of the especially manager. a guy like Berlin, who I'm sorry, we know. I I don't remember his promos right off the top of my head, but I'm did sure he they talk. I don't think he, he did. He talked, baby. It was not very good at the talking, but uh, like he this. tried. Yes, <laughs> is it? Yeah. Hey, gentlemen, Berlin. Yes. <laughs> uh, watching in slow motion. Why am I Russian? I don't know, but it works. Uh, my, bring back Berlin. Oh my God, he just did a Colin Farrell I, acceptance I, speech. I just, uh, <laughs> Well, he's the one in the Colin Farrell hat. That's true. <laughs> Ric Flair yeah, is in the back. Right. I love with... how Ric Flair is how we get back on track. Like, third time in a row. Ric Flair is with Muscle Mike Tanay. <laughs> he is putting himself over for what happened to the filthy animals, of course. Mm-hmm. And then he puts himself over again for spanking Kimberly <laughs> and Ooh. kissing Tori. Uh, he doesn't give a damn. Oh, he is, <laughs> he is what the shield will be. He does not give a fuck. Not at all. And so now we get now. This was one on paper. I was excited Fifth for because yes, <laughs> this thing was going to be stiff as fuck. The TV title match here, <laughs> the champion, the crippler, Chris Benoit, defending against against. Uh, well, yeah, he is. He's the dog face gremlin, Rick Steiner. Although <laughs> he, 
Steiner looks a little disheveled. He looks like a Bruce Springsteen cover. Like he's got the he's got the bandana guy. Like yeah, he's he's traveling down the same roads. <laughs> he's taken over his brother's persona oh without any of the swagger, and has also lost weight. Yep. He, but I will say uh, this is for me. This is the match of the night. This thing is so solid. Like, this is I've, a decent match because you've got no selling Chris Ben, or I'm sorry, no selling Rick Steiner against Chris Benoit, who is the snuggest worker on the planet, mm-hmm. who will hit you as hard as he can, and he doesn't care. That's a lariat. <laughs> That's, That's a, not a clothesline. <laughs> it's a fucking lariat. And the chops. You can. What's funny is even God, in, it's bad. even as much as Rick Steiner doesn't want to sell the chops, he's selling. Oh, the you're chops gonna sell these chops. <laughs> Because they fucking hurt. <sighs> Steiner's in control early. We get the Steiner lines, the suplexes. It's the usual Rick Steiner, you know, uh, repertoire here. Benoit responds. He chops the shit out of him repeatedly, clubbing him hard in the corner. We get a big spot early. We get a superplex, which, you know, you figure you save that for, you know, your <sighs> Not half. Not to. No. We're getting this within, like, minute three. We've got a superplex. <laughs> uh, we're going to do a superplex now? Uh, yeah. And okay. guess and where do we head next? But where we've been the entire night on the outside, oh. we're on the outside. We get a suicide dive from Benoit. I'm just gonna let that sit. <laughs> <laughs> but once back in the ring, it's born to run. Rick Steiner cleverly, <laughs> cleverly avoiding contact with Benoit and using the ref as a shield. Great heel heat. He's you know the thing is like as much as you know Rick Steiner can be. <laughs> can be criticized for not selling. He's got good heel psychology in this because you know how he he stays out of the ring when Benoit's in it. He tries to make him come to him and using the ref as his shield. You know, I that's something like you know when when you if someone's gonna write the book on on Rick Steiner, this isn't stuff that you're probably gonna mention. You're just gonna mention stiff as fuck <laughs> beside his name. And, and <laughs> that's it. The book is a sentence, <laughs> uh, but you don't see a lot of Rick Steiner being heel. Throughout, like I remember early it's on, like with the varsity, yeah. and then like here come the Steiner brothers, and then their faces, right? Until Scott goes on his own, and then Scott gets hurt. They go, "What do we do? Eh, fucking let's bleach Rick's beard and send uh, him out there." I liked it, dude. Yeah. I did. Like, oh, I was yeah. really surprised. It's, it's a good Rick match. Steiner could he could do this stuff. I didn't give him well, credit back then because I didn't want to believe it. And part of the thing is, like, you got. I didn't want to believe that he could do this without Scott Steiner, who, by uh, the way, is fucking not here. Which is very oh, upsetting. Oh, so he's, Scott Steiner will be with us <laughs> be soon enough. <laughs> Here's the interesting thing. Big Papa uh, promo to, is on the way. <laughs> wait, wait. We got to pretend it's not, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, just that there's a 33 and a third percent chance that we don't know where this is going. But two, two call outs. I have to so, dumb myself down. I come from a highly educated university. Anyway. Uh, Rick Steiner. You're going to suck my dick or what? <laughs> Does these fantastic <laughs> release German suplex? Yes. Oh, yeah. And then looks and laughs. And when I was watching this, and I was the only person, uh, the people I was with go, "Well, that's exactly what Brock Lesnar was doing to Cena." And I'm like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I tell you, if the right, if you got the right people behind Rick, he could have been a destroyer mm-hmm. as the world champion mm-hmm. at yeah. some point. But that's, hey, you know what? Because that's the thing about the TV title. You know, whoever is going to have it is going to be on 
well, TV a while. That's my favorite like, title. That's best be mine title. too. The best title. Mine too. Happy to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Because that's your workhorse title. That's and, your workhorse. And who better to have it right now than Chris Benoit, who will The be working able, man's hey, champion. If I'm if if you're gonna have to if you're gonna have to pay some poor sucker to have to go to WCW Saturday night in the the MG <laughs> it's or be the, him. Yeah. And I will watch it. I will watch it. Yes. He's gonna murder that guy. That's just his name <laughs> with an asterisk next to it that says, Feel sorry for him. Uh, the the second Max Moon. Oh, <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> former WWF superstar Max Moon is in the arena tonight. Lunar oh, no, he just happened to be here. He's the janitor. Uh, but the the next call out to go back to my tombstone thing is go back and watch this pay per view on the network um, when Benoit is coming out to his music and they're zooming in, getting all cool on the tombstones. He's right there, and the tombstone that's right up under him is Jack the Ripper. I was just going. Well, that's inconvenient. <laughs> Just the associate. I was like, "Oh my god!" It's it's trying not to, but that's like one of those like, "Ooh, great sports almanac, get shit again." The, the <laughs> other thing though that Rick does really well in this match is he uh, he actually he works he works a body part like he works Benoit's back. The this entire is why I like match. the match. It's a smart match. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, here's here's another problem though. Instead of talking about that and capitalizing oh. on, what are we talking about? We're talking about Sid and Goldberg still. That may have worked with the cruiserweight match. Fine. If you're going to do it, do it in like lower, you know, card matches. Not during this. Not during a match with, you know, there's real, like. Well, here's, here's what I don't understand about that. Because you see that all the time in wrestling. Yeah. Um, you usually hear that stuff on like a Nitro or a Raw. To, to keep viewers watching. These people have already bought the pay-per-view. It's not like they're going to get a refund for their money. So you might as well just talk about the match that's currently going on. Absolutely. Like, it... I bought it. Yeah. You have my money. Now let's... Now give me a good presentation. I get it on TV at this time. You want to keep people engaged for later on to a degree. You can't talk over every match. But no. if you want me to not go to USA... Right. You know, tell me, okay, Sid and Goldberg. Okay, why do I want to stay and watch Okay, fine. Right on. Move on then. More than and likely, people bought this pay-per-view to see Sid and Goldberg, not Rick Steiner versus Chris Benoit, which right. is <laughs> the best match on the card. Absolutely. Well, that's... I agree with that. And I get if it was a Nitro, you know, don't go to watch Raw, but this is the... You paid your... I think at the time, 30 bucks. Something like 30 that. Bucks. 30 yeah, bucks. Yeah, that's how much time. this stuff cost. Uh, and which mm -hmm. back then was... I mean, chunk of change, if you're going to do it monthly, and... Yeah, I don't want to. I, I don't know. We're we're that's a lot of people's complaint currently too, but I'll talk about the, a lot of the ref stuff. bump in the corner. Steiner immediately. <laughs> he gets a chair shot or he gets a chair, delivers a chair shot. Why not? <laughs> I love that Rick is like he must be. I I want to think that in his mind, and I'm thinking with him with the Bruce Springsteen accent. He's like, I'm just waiting for that ref to take that bump, and I'm just gonna. I got that chair. I got that chair. I'm gonna body slam you tonight. He's gonna pull Courtney Cox out of the crowd and beat, use her to beat someone to death. So then, like, all right, he goes for the, he goes for the chair on Benoit. Benoit counters with a sick T-bone suplex. Ooh, it's which, good. Yeah, that yeah. thing is remarkable. Pop the beverage. Go ahead and pop the beverage. Oh, oh goddamn! <laughs> it's showtime. <laughs> so. Here comes. Are you pouring a shot with the shit? That's the last can. Here, uh, here comes the um, the crazy bump of the match because 
as uh, Benoit taking advantage of the chair has Steiner down, he lays the chair on Steiner. You know what comes next as you're watching. You're like, oh, God. He goes for the headbutt, and he... Well, he headbutts the chair right into Rick Steiner. <laughs> this is only hurts Rick Steiner. This is a classic spot of, of, you know, a lot of wrestlers like to do a spot that they personally screw up. Like, you see this a lot, and if we're going to talk about, like, wrestlers that probably will be in the future. Uh, <laughs> Alberto Del Rio's was always, I'm going to go legs first through the ropes. and Well, that wh- was the wet back slide. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. Holy shit. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> surprise, I said it at Bailey's. You might not have heard me because... But still... <laughs> I, 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 I like that you didn't... like You saved that for poor Del Rio and the filthy animals get away scot-free from your racism. Uh, it's, because, it's because since technically Del Rio isn't born yet, I'm not making fun of anybody. And there's a white guy in the filthy animals behind me. No. Headbutt Move to the back. chair. Let's Rick bring Flair. it back. Headbutt Rick. Flair. <laughs> Headbutt to the chair. God, Everybody's God. down. Everybody's out. Who comes out? It's Dino Machino. It's Captain. Wait, no, it's, it's say Captain Charisma. No, and you can see this shit coming a, a mile of fucking way. Dino, even if you don't even know the storyline, <laughs> he's gonna hit him. A drunk guy, drunk Asian goes. He's gonna hit him with the chair. And then I go, yes, he is. Aren't they friends? Sure. <laughs> Malenko, as soon as he starts to hesitate and hitting Rick Steiner, you know what's gonna happen. He hits Benoit with the weirdest looking chair it's shot I've ever it's, seen. It's like it's a it's raise up. It's like a whoop. It, it, like slides nobody, up his head. Nobody he can hit. Side. Yeah. It, and, and I don't know. Maybe. You ever seen Dean Malenko swing a chair before? Well. I've never seen it. I've never seen Lex Luger swing a guitar. <laughs> and neither one looked good tonight. <laughs> oh, no. Well, bad, but well, technically, we'll from that remember, know. it didn't happen. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. So, of course... The chair shot is the finish. Rick Steiner covers Chris Benoit and wins the WCW TV title. You know, as predictable as the finish was, it didn't necessarily bother me, even though I know we t- we joked about screwy finishes and everything. Would have preferred a clean one. Yeah, but at the same time... Fifth match of the night. Has any match ended clean? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm Jet. <laughs> okay. Well, no, wait, no, the uh, Disco Inferno was clean, that- was it? That was, was clean. Was that a clean? It was yeah. clean. Because it was shenanigans it was just, after. It was shenanigans after. Okay, right. so okay, so we've had one. All right, well, that's acceptable. But the good news is about... 20%. Ben- 20%. 20%. That's good. Because you want to... The good news is, is this, this alleviates Benoit from the TV, which is still a good title to me, but he can move on to maybe feuding with Malenko and then working his way up and leaving Rick Steiner to destroy the low card. Next buff. <laughs> 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 oh boy! <laughs> I got you in my sights. <laughs> Look out! Where's your cool, oversized hat you got from Hot Topic or Spencer's or whatever it was in the nineties? Right. <laughs> so now, poor, too? poor Benoit has been excommunicated from the the revolution. The revolution seems to be now. I think he'll be okay. I think, <laughs> I think he'll, he'll be okay. I think I'm sure these guys make a yeah. in about four months. To the back! Oh, here we go! I got a big smiley face here written down. The muscle Mike Tenay! He's got the one and only, the Hitman! What the hell? What the hell? Hurt the Hitman heart, and he's talking about his bad ankle, but he's got a willingness to still compete against the total package. Whatever his first and last name is. Oh, God, poor Brett. He looks so tired doing this promo. 
It that's the thing. Like, I, I never never totally excited for a Bret Hart promo, even like in his in his heyday. But still, even Unless with this, he was a heel. He looks so just like. All right, what am I know what my catchphrases are? are. Right. Yeah, I'm just hit, gonna hit your marks. I'm gonna excellently execute somebody. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta check the chalkboard, see who I'm fighting. Oh, go over here on the whiteboard. Uh, tell tell Bischoff me 30 minutes late. I'm going to the Arby's. I need a, I need a shake. <laughs> Shamrock shake. Because he never. Shake well, what was that the thing? Like Bret Hart never showed up to a pay per view on time. Like that was know. news to me that during that <laughs> Hall of Fame ceremony. Like, oh, he was always late. <laughs> 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 but during his no one, he's the first to arrive and the last to leave. And I think they got it backwards. He's the last to arrive and the first to leave. <laughs> <laughs> he's like in the match, like getting ready to lock someone in the sharpshooter, go toe and to start to carry. So how did how Brett got the bad ankle? was the Nitro before uh, he came out and he cut one of his Brett I get screwed promos mm. but it was this time like he really felt legit because it is now almost it is going on it's going on nearly two years, two years. Mm-hmm. since he's been at WCW and you know you can I and he's know, yet to win the title he's yet to win the world title he's barely held the US title and crappy feuds with Sting and Diamond Dallas Page that were awful but nevertheless, he's he com- he's talking about being screwed out of the world title. How he should have had it from the start, which you know is as much shoot as you know as it is. I mean, it's he's he's speaking the truth. So Sting comes out, the heel Sting, mind you, and decides he has this great line. Sting is like in this business, or, um, everyone gets screwed. He has this line. He's like, you know, uh, I forget. It, it comes up in the video package for his match with Hogan, but he he has this really. You know, sad line about how promises don't come true in the wrestling business. He did say that, yeah. And um, so they, in their match, Luger comes out with a bat, or takes Sting's bat, and he just crunches Luger's ankle with it. Mm-hmm. And that's why now Hart is nursing the injury heading into his match with the total package. Again, not Lex Luger. Why are they doing this? I, I, I don't even right, remember so that. When, when I saw him come out, I heard the music and everything. I was like, is this their attempt at doing the narcissist? Like, they wanted to do... Well, he did the whole he, pose down right. in the ring. And Except he wore the he, same narcissist shorter shorts. Dude, and he looked fucking jacked. Oh, he... I, I don't think I've ever seen him look that good. Must, oh, my... I mean, good-looking man. I'm oh, just going to say... Yeah, he's got it. Yep, there we go. Let's get that out there. <laughs> I don't feel weird. Uh, I don't. Uh, I think it your, moved a little, but I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> get your dick out of your hand looking at this picture of the total package. So, and I will say, I like the total package. I like TP's music. Oh, is he Engine King now? What An was the music? King. Well, it's like bum, bum, it's bum, bum, it's. Bum. Oh, it reminds me of like something out of Conan mm-hmm. or something. Like it's this epic music that's like and it fits him like you know because still like even though he's the shittiest wrestler in the in the bad upper bumper part, bad <laughs> i mean his punches look so phony oh, the phoniest punches oh they're yeah, but really he had bad. that awesome running clothesline that just oh he had the, he's got the steel plate in the, the form yeah. yeah, my dad got... told me all about it when i was little. Know, remember, remember in the rumble game when you hit him with it he'd Bam! Bam! <laughs> yeah and he's also instead of turning into and the a guy sport, would fly, he would fly across the ring. You could eliminate somebody in the rumble. You could if you get him right next to the ropes. Oh. I remember I would continue like, oh, I'm gonna backdrop somebody over the top rope into oblivion. 
Oh, what a great game. <laughs> but as good as Luger's music is, the awful Bret What Hart, is that? I, I don't even know. It's I can't even describe it. It's the son of the son of a hitman? I don't know. It's, oh. it's, it's very bad. It's, they, like, they can't even attempt to rip off the Jim Johnson song. I mean, song. They, do it, they did it for Hogan. They, they did it for Hogan. They did they, like the... It's rip, got the same... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, it's got the same thing going on. And Bret's music is, to me, just as iconic as Hogan's. I, I love that driving guitar. And this thing... Is is it's so generic? I mean, it, it beats. Uh, and it's custom BGM music for right. <laughs> but the funny thing is, all of that aside, and aside the fact that we've ragged the MGM Grand crowd, they pop huge for Brett. Sure, it is the pop of the night. Probably because of Brett a bunch of vacationing out. Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! It's that uh, Bret Hart Bret. guy here. Well, in my mind, they all talk like Bret Hart, so it's like who said to get out of the cold. Get out of the cold. <laughs> Come down to uh, Vegas for I'm down here in the desert. <laughs> Trying to escape the caribou for a while. Typical WCW fashion. <laughs> <laughs> no, one the, no one knew the stupid finish. The build. The was, so what's was, the build here? The, the, they're building Brett as, and they keep mentioning it throughout the night, he is the guy chasing the WCW title. Even though he's in this match, he is still looked at as a guy chasing the belt. He is... You know, even though it's not even close to the main event. <laughs> well, that's event, not to help his cred. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's still, they talk about him like he is the biggest baby face in WCW at this point. That's the way they at least talk about him. And man, does he work the fuck out of Luger early. Or sorry, oh, TP. The total package. Yeah, yeah. He beats the shit out of him early. All the classic it's a, it's just a bring back of 94. It just feels like he's getting revenge for That's something the I thought about. I they too. do the spot. This was the match. They, they do the Royal Rumble they spot. They do the spot. Yeah. And I was like, is uh, that an homage to Royal Rumble? And Because and, that's another thing I thought. We never got that match. Never. Should have. Maybe it was for the best. Yeah. <laughs> oh, looking at this uh, fucking thing. Because again, like we were talking about Luger as uh, just... As good as he looked, his his moves couldn't look any more fake. All physique, no sell. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's Luger. He his punches. I agree with you. They are the worst punches you know who, in all of professional wrestling. We mentioned it earlier because of the the Jeff Jarrett Buff Bagwell segment. But Liz is out there. Miss Elizabeth is his valet, and I don't like two things. One, I don't like seeing her without Randy Savage. Two, I don't like seeing her in controversial. Like weird storylines that don't involve Randy Savage, like like <laughs> like like. So Randy Savage is key. Randy Savage is key. I, I agree. I, I love Elizabeth. Like yes. she is sacred. The uh, greatest. I'm, I'm, you can't. I know you can't call her a diva, but she's, like no, she's the first lady of professional wrestling, yes. and she is a lady. And and when she gets caught up with this kind of crap, uh, with Luger. Like Hogan and, and and Savage was one thing. The Ric Flair storyline with Savage was cool because yeah, yeah. you know it, it was yeah. it was it wasn't true. Right. But you know you see all this crap that she's got going on with Luger, and it just doesn't go with her character. I've never liked Liz subjugated. I know that's a tough I don't, word no, to that's say, it. but like that's it. Sad, depressed Liz in the NWO right. didn't like her, and then when Rant, when Macho joined the NWO and she lit up, man, they could have. I mean, I'm pretty sure they had whatever their personal stuff was going on, but. It was just a completely change. It always made me feel very sad. No, me to too. To see her upset. And she looks sad. She looks sad. She, to me, she was always above this kind of stuff. Yes. And should have been treated differently. Right. And WCW was just like, ah, she's still hot. Let, let's let's subjugate her a little bit. Oh, yeah. And, we got a couple more miles out of her. But it, it, she does try to get involved. She she tries to mess with Brett. She tries to create a distraction. It goes over real well. Yeah. Could, yeah <laughs> no. Did Rick no, Blair come gonna, out and like mouth rape it. her too at some point? No. I think she was the only was, lady that wasn't mouth raped by her. 
All the while, though, Brett is still selling the ankle. He sells the ankle the entire match. Like, you, like, with, a, like a pro. Like, a, like an absolute pro, exactly. However, and he's then, working with Lex Luger, technical mastermind, uh, who just can't put together a... All right, so, but then, like, there's this weird moment, then. Like, you have the bit with Elizabeth. L- Brett maintains control. He gets Luger back into the ring. And then, I guess, like, Lex decides, oh, I need to... What happened? It was like the referee told him something... And all of a sudden, the match became something completely different. Luger, you like, guys hurry up. Not, not like it's an incredible yeah. amount. Of, not like it's an, an offensive onslaught, but he just basically, like, I don't know, he zeroes in on the ankle. And then, like, I, I remember, and I think even Bobby says it, Luger turns him over in a single leg crab. And even Bobby, I think, says he's not going to tap. He won't, like... No, it's insane. And I remember thinking, oh, we probably got five, ten minutes left in this match. And then out of nowhere... I, I had to rewind it Taps because out. I was like, there's no way Brett just tapped out. Clean. Clean. This there's was a clean. There you go. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bret Hart, the greatest technical wrestler of all time, loses clean to a tap out to a single leg Boston Crab. By, by Lex, none other. By Lex not, Luger. Not Lance Storm. Yeah, not Lance Storm. Or anyone who could pull this move off with, you know, with ease. Uh, this was awful. This was so sad. No. This is the saddest. I mean, I because I... I was thinking about, you know, when, when throughout the match, I was like, okay, I know Brett gets the belt. I know that. At some point in this thing, Brett gets the belt. So that must mean he's got to start getting some wins. No momentum. None. No, this was, this was terrible. And I was really hoping to like this match. I was excited because I was like, hey, here's the match we never got. Exactly. And yeah, anytime WCW at this point had ever done a, hey, remember that match you never got? Well, let's give it to you. And like like Brett fights Hogan at some point, and <laughs> Boy, boy man, a, it sucks. Isn't that a fun one? Well, the first Hogan Flair was all right. Oh, Bash. Yeah, yeah, that is a good. But match. still, it was like here's the. But like, you knew Hogan was going to yeah. win. Like if Hogan had fought Flair at Mania, uh, eight, I, I, who would have won that? I know. Match? Like that seems really up in the air, right? Even to this day, sure. But in WCW, well. He just got there. If it wasn't for the fact he had just gotten there, well, if, Brett, right. if Brett hadn't that told too. Terry to go fuck himself, we well, might have gotten that match in WWE like we were supposed to. SummerSlam, <laughs> arguing over the title. Yeah. <laughs> went to this. We went to this place. We shot some photos. <laughs> Vince was egging us on. Yeah, more. Kill him, kill him, kill him. You're gonna puke on it. You're gonna have a stroke. Oh. Right, that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. <laughs> to the back. <laughs> to the back. Here we go. <laughs> Goldberg cozying up to Mike Tanay, but not just anywhere in the arena. The spot of the crime where the pool of blood of softball <laughs> said. Where's the tape? Yeah. I mean, like, the chop guy hasn't got there yet. CSI is very busy. I mean, it's a hepatitis convention going oh. on on the floor as we see this the, the, the pool of blood that was from Psycho's, I'm sorry, the Millennium Man, Sid Vicious. Is this when Mike Tanay touches the pool of blood and then like eight months later Jeremy Borash is born? <laughs> Because he looks Jesus. just like young Mike Tanay. I keep wondering, is this when the this, symbiote separates? This is when it all just started. Just as annoying. Yeah. 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 I'm Jeremy Borash. I'm just as annoying, but without the knowledge. <laughs> That's right. Here comes, here's a t-shirt. I, what comes up next, here's another Russo winner. What? Yeah, yeah. what the fuck Here we go. This? Back to the ring. We get an entrance from the bikini-clad Medusa. Oh, sporting. Sporting the WCW cologne. Did you remember? they? The, did they ever release that? Was that I think legit? it was a joke. I think it was... I think it was Russo picking, making fun of, because like 97, 96, 97, before Sable got hot as like a wrestler, they would have her come out and pimp shit. And there was the the male, the cologne, oh, the WWE okay. cologne, and then there was the, the perfume. 
and all that shit. I vaguely remember that. Because it was Man. the, the it was a slam. Yeah, it was probably another slam. Because she comes up, doesn't she say it smells like bullshit? Yeah. Well, yeah, was, that's why. So, like, she's walking out, and, like, I remember seeing this. I was like, wow. Because she's acting like it's, this is okay. This is my job. I'm loving this. And I thought that was weird because the nitro before, she, um, she gets stuck into, she gets put into an evening gown match, of course, on the debut night of Russo and Ferrara. <laughs> and she has one of those Bagwell worked shoot promos where she talks about how this is bullshit. And I mean, crediting herself as a legitimate women's wrestler, which she was absolutely. Just ask Bull Nakano. <laughs> what a great dig! Oh man, That's... it's too bad we never got like a Medusa China. Oh yeah, or Medusa Trish or Medusa Lita. Yeah, I and... just, just want to call out an old Jerry Lawler call that okay. he used to say about her that I always remembered since I was a kid. Oh yeah, Alundra Blaze, million dollar body, ten cent face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And it's still true uh, at this point. Uh, yeah, she she's looks a monster truck driver. Is that what she's doing? Now? I believe so. <laughs> she she driving Gravedigger? Oh no 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 no! That's what uh, Michelle McCool's. Oh wait no <laughs> no oh oh, 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 wait. oh we're getting our shit our, our rhymes crossed. Yeah. So all right, so she cut, but once she gets to ringside, mm. she starts unloading again. And she's unloading about, again, how this is what she has to do. This is what life is for her now in WCW under the new creative. We hear it referred to as the guys up north, the powers that be. They don't really call them Russo and Ferraro, really. I don't think it's Just any, the powers that you, be. They're you not know on camera character. We know who they're talking about here. But sure enough, the next bit is she takes the cologne and complete... I don't know if Bobby was expecting it. I don't he think he does. was. No. He looked he, pissed. You, you gotta say, Bobby Heenan was... Th- was trashing this cologne the entire time. Yes. And it was it was very weird. You know, because Bobby Heenan... Because first of all, this is a heel thing to do that Medusa's doing. And Bobby Heenan's going completely against it. Yes. Which is very strange. Right. And then she just douses him. I mean, douses him. And she, I, I will say, I love the way Shivani sells it because you can tell he's legit laughing because he's like, fuck, that was not supposed to happen. <laughs> not Maybe not like that. Maybe it was supposed to be like, a one shot and said no yeah. the whole thing where was the road agent where was the road agent in typical WCW fashion I wrote that at least four times <laughs> I just want to say that typical well, WCW fashion you're about to use it a lot because we are now heading into are we going into it this from this point on now oh, this <laughs> pay-per-view heads into territory that it becomes I, something of mythical proportion I, I don't I, I'll be honest I when I saw this happen this last chunk of the pay-per-view I don't remember a pay per view devolving into such utter fucking well, the order chaos. Gets so thrown out because, like we were talking right. about, the order of matches, the order, like, like the way the order, it should have gone. Right. It's like so your world heavyweight championship. We're about oh, is, that's next. Here, that's next. The seventh so, match. But, yeah. yeah. So let's. What we're gonna get to where this yeah. gets screwed up in a sec because we get our first video package. Can I can I make a comment okay. about this video package? Yeah. Okay, so Medusa is on air. And she, she says, this is bullshit. <laughs> and it, it doesn't get bleeped, nothing. And then it goes to the video package. And Hulk Hogan says, I don't remember in what context, but he says ass. And they bleep and it, it. And they fucking bleep it. Like, he's what not kind Hollywood of, Hulk Hogan. He can't so, Oh, he's still the good guy? So, like, is, so here's, a, here, here's a problem that we run into to this day. This is the world heavyweight title match. Yes. And it's not the main event. And this was the match of the century oh my two God. years ago. Two right. years ago. The most hyped match. The biggest build to a WCW match yeah. ever. 
And now, because I'll be honest, I had compl- I had no clue that these guys had had this. Didn't match. remember this at no. all. Now and, here's my question: It's okay. a it's a world heavyweight championship match, not the main event, and CM Punk is not the champion. <laughs> That's what I was definitely referring ah! to. Yep. <laughs> we're rooting said, for you. God damn it, Phil. We're, we're rooting for you, Phil. 2012 just got spoiled. Oh, oh. Uh. No, wait. No, I'm sorry. I come from another time. <laughs> so we get, like, in the video package, like, here's the here's definitely the... Two I can't dif- follow it very well. Two difficult images no. here. A, we're, it's a supposedly a heel sting. I didn't grasp know. that. No. Until you said that earlier in the podcast. He didn't change his makeup to identify alignment change. No. no. He's, no. I, I, to me, I thought this was a face versus face match going yeah, in. He's aligned with the total package a lot. So, And we know he's a heel. And they kind of do heel things together. So I guess uh, he's heel adjacent because he's... No, no. He's, he's heel tr- by association. He's trying to be full heel to give him credit. Mm-hmm. But I saw uh, across from him, we have red and yellow Hogan. That's the other weird thing is this is we're back. I don't know how long it's been at this point since he came back in the red and yellow. Was that the night of the Bobby Heenan call? Yes, okay. it is. That is the night. The night. We the, used to make fun of it a lot. Well, around this time period is when the WCW Mayhem soundtrack is released, mm. which will lead into the pay per view nicely. And when you get to the Hulk Hogan. Real American theme music. I can do that music. as a monologue in an audition. It is so awesome because you get the cr- the arena effects from that night. And brain, do, do uh, Scott Steiner's out here on the floor. I'm not really <laughs> paying attention. That that music. <laughs> it's just, what, could it be? Could, what, my God, <laughs> he is back. And then it's on this night. <laughs> I mean, that is his. That's got to be Kane. It's, it is. And it's classic. It's, it's got to be uh, awesome. Hogan. It yeah. is such a good, but that's when your living room. And and the thing is, like you, you, I guess you get in the build that that Hogan was was trying to get back to the world title. Sting kind of screwing him out of it. Yeah, hey man, hey, uh, payback's a bitch, Hogan. I'm sorry you kind of did this to, to everyone when you had the belt. But nevertheless, so what? All right, and fittingly, they do the right thing. The Rick Derringer version of <laughs> that that WCW is concocted of Hulk Hogan's theme music plays American Made, American Made. We're and, I like that song. And, and it's not bad. It's it's the best ripoff song they it's ever did. Absolutely, and it hits. And we wait, and we wait. Wait. They even stop, and they start it again in case Hogan's on the shitter, and he he's just not sure about the order of the matches. He has well, not going out now. This is, this is it's nine thirty. Uh, <laughs> I'm the I'm, this is the world heavy. Yeah, you're on now. So I'm not even dressed. And, and then at some point, then they stop the music. And I'm like, all right, well, well, let's play Sting's music. So Metallica plays, and I say that because we hear the opening riff of Seek and Destroy, but then it's instantly no throw the Crow music on. Yeah. We we can't pay for that. Not on the network. Ooh, Metallica. <laughs> Which, you know, they're litigious. All right, all right. Brief aside into the present sphere of wrestling. If you put it on the network to cover up Metallica, why couldn't you use that since he's coming back in WWE? <laughs> all right. It, so that tells us it's not a money thing. Anyway. That doesn't sound like the music of a vigilante. But Metallica hits, and here comes Sting, and he walks out. And he doesn't look like a heel. He's just he has that same stone look, stone face yep. look on his face. Walking to the ring with the world heavyweight title, 
He gets in the ring, and again, we're waiting for Hogan. They play the music again. And this time we get an entrance, folks. Except Hulk Hogan. It's it's hog wild, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, Terry Balea. He's here. Yeah, it, it, it's his no holds barred character. Yeah, it's Rip. Yeah, it's, it's Rip. No, it's his Thunder in Paradise character who <laughs> was exclusively black. Yeah. So Hogan comes out and and you got to keep in mind a lot of people that are at this show are here to see this match. Yes. Yeah. Because like we would have been casual. Like, this would have been cool. Your casual wrestling fans know who Sting. They know who Sting is. They know who Hulk Hogan is. And you know if you have them in a match, then it's going to be worth seeing. Mm-hmm. And so. He's coming out and maybe all right. Maybe he's gonna wrestle in his jeans. I'm gonna try and try. Oh, and, he did it in TNA. Sure. He's. He, what? He's, what is that? What? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, that's TNA. <laughs> Look at this lady with these grotesque men behind her. <laughs> Hogan comes out to the ring and he had, but he has the look on his face that's like, uh oh, uh oh. It's serious, Hogan. It's it's very serious, Hogan, because he gets in the ring and immediately has a conversation with a heel that you can tell is not a storyline conversation because Steve Borden does not look like he's uh, he's playing Sting at this point. He's like, oh, you're going to leave? Okay. All right. He just kind of has this, all right, that's what you want to do. <laughs> and what does Hogan do, folks? He lays down, and Sting covers him one, two, three, and promptly leaves. The crowd is oh, incensed. It's bad. It's bad. As, as uh, was I at four in the morning when I was watching this. What? Like, Are you fucking kidding me? Do, do they, start, they start yelling bullshit, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. They do. And, and it's so, not bleeped. And so what, they try to cover this then by going to another... Oh, it's immediate. Mm-hmm. It is immediate. They go right to Sid Viewer and morale at an all-time low. Now, <laughs> now, this video package, although a little confusing, better than the Hogan Sting one. At least I understand it. A little more. It, it's yeah. still... And this is the eighth match now. <laughs> match number eight. And the... Th- I guess the bell rang on the last one, so I guess it does count, right? <laughs> and I, the thing I was saying in the beginning, like this match, like, I really, I, I kind of enjoyed the build for this because it was all about Goldberg trying to get to Sid however he could. Mm-hmm. Now, the build to this by the final week was Sid's in a suit with people around him, you know, playing a chicken shit heel, even though he's a gigantic dude who doesn't need a posse, but he's got a posse of, you know, idiots around Nameless him. people. Right. But he's got the piece of paper that says, you can't touch me before the paper. Don't you love that storyline? And and, and so what did Goldberg Goldberg do? I'm going to fucking touch you. Yeah, he spears the shit out (laughs) of him. Which which gets a little confusing because he spears him. The match should be off. Sid still shows up to the arena. Goldberg bleeds him to death. Like, (laughs) fuck. And I guess the match is back on. It's back on. Yeah, Any other guy, this match would have been called off. And the thing is, like, it's not like it's not like they make a mention. It's like you know, Sid just wants he wants to get back at Goldberg. That's why we're gonna have the match anyway. It's like, ah. after that last bit, we owe you something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, they the, fucking do. Once I, I again, the fans want blood. Oh, yes, Charlie's right. favorite bit: the champ comes out first because now oh, I'm on board already. <laughs> we've got Sid coming out, but the problem is the crowd is still yelling bullshit. <laughs> no, Russo, we didn't forget about what just happened, even though we're moving on to the next. Matt, we're still upset. What could make you think that was a good idea? Oh my! Well, see, here's the thing. Like, there, I would. I read about this. I was like, all right, I got to know what because I. I I'd love happened. to know why because I know it was kayfabe. Right. It was. It was not. It wasn't a. You know. It was a work. Right. Supposedly, the I think the idea was going to be you have Hogan. They wanted Hogan to come back as Terry Bolia. Oh, 
So like they, but I'm not sure that he necessarily agreed on how he was going to exit. Like supposedly the initial plan was Hogan comes out and literally is a five minute match. Sting beats him in five minutes like it's nothing, and the match is uh, the match has such an effect on Hogan that he leaves and he comes back like after some time as Terry Bolia, the kind of like a street fighter <laughs> or whatever. But he doesn't want to play ball. That's what it seems like. It seems like he maybe he agreed to you know taking the time off and coming back but didn't agree with you know how he was going to go out speculatory but that's at least what's out there on it i don't uh, we, we haven't heard the you know the revisionist hulk hogan now who's okay with we haven't heard him talk about this so it's hard to well once we get him on the podcast oh, oh there we go <laughs> i don't know brother i mean you know, david letterman just wanted to you know, <laughs> Oh, you know, they didn't want to play ball. Look at my tattoos now. I'm 60. <laughs> so I think it's worth noting that Bobby Heenan, uh, while this match, uh, this Sid Vicious Goldberg match is about to happen, Bobby Heenan starts plugging Nitro. He, at the, like, I don't know, did you notice this? Yes. Like, like if, you, if you want answers for whatever the fuck we're watching right now, you're going to have to watch Nitro tomorrow. Bobby is plugging Nitro, and he starts referring to this pay-per-view <clears throat> as the greatest pay-per-view he's ever seen. This comes up later on in the show. And when he says it, not once, but multiple times, I'm like, is somebody, t- I, somebody must be telling you to say that, because there's no way you believe that. Or he fucking hates his job. Or he, <sighs> maybe, man. Which is I, a possibility. I mean, if you read some of the stories about him and Tony Schiavone, that... I like. I'd rather believe that. Yeah. That Bobby Heenan just was like this. I uh, my career is is really bad right now with where I am. I'm not even in my typical suits. Right. They're out there like with. It's not. It's not Bobby Heenan. It's not Bobby Heenan no. from WWF at all. It's no, because he's not really a heel commentator. He's right. Occasionally. He's occasionally, he, he he'll give color and he'll make some okay remarks. But remember in WWF, everything he used to say was funny. Like, the reason to watch Royal Rumble 92 is for Bobby Heenan's commentary. Absolutely. The way he calls that match is hysterical. Anything had Ric Flair. Anything with Ric Flair in that time. Awesome. This isn't fair. Or Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect. Oh, I'm going to call... Oh, what was the Survivor Series? Oh, Flair, well, I'm going to call... Hey, Mr. Get where he had pulled the phone out of his pocket. Yeah. The full-size phone. (laughs) Get just speed dials Mr. Perfect. Hello, Perfect? Oh, yes. Get Flair on the phone. Congratulations. (laughs) It's his bat phone to the Space Mountain. This Sting Hogan thing, it th- it immediately throws the pay-per-view. There's no chance of recovery at yeah. this point. Softball Sid walks out, the ruler of the infield, with the WCW United States Championship. Champion, Champion out first. first. This is what's awesome. Because you got to get that Goldberg long the, intro, baby. Have, have I, I want to. I want to know if you're going to talk about this. I, 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 all right. So before before we get to I old lost Bill, my shit. <laughs> before old Bill makes his uh, his entrance back there, the the image of the blood still in. He never his wiped hair, it off. It looks all right. I'm gonna say it looks awesome as an image, but at the it same make time, any sense. I know. I know. I, oh, I agree. But for Sid, for whatever reason, I'm like... It works for Sid. Yeah, it's just... It, it's a cool image. Uh, the problem is what happens later with it, of course, but we... Uh, so! <laughs> did you guys catch us here as the camera pans? There's this drunk lady who almost spills her beer when the camera... Yes! <laughs> she's the, the cute one, right? And, and, but she doesn't care. No. She's, yeah, she's here at a party, man. No, shit. It's time for Goldberg and Sid! <laughs> Go these guys. We cut to to the back. Doug Dillinger and crew about to lumber into action. But the door is open. (laughs) It's a jar. I love it. I was like, Goldberg, I was like, he's kicking. 
kicking the door. To open the if door. you look at Dillinger, Dillinger's a little hesitant to knock because he's afraid he's going to push the door open more. Goldberg, though, the savvy ring entrant that he is. Oh, by he was now. quick on his feet here. Like, <laughs> well, I'm just going to shut the door and open it real yeah. quick, man. Yeah. And then Tony Schiavone <laughs> lumbering in with commentary, going, he almost ripped the door off its hinges. Yeah, I bet. Twice. Did, did, yeah. Remember when he used to like smash the door with his head beforehand? Yeah. And he'd, he'd come out. He'd be bleeding. The, little, the tiny little crack. Now, see, what would be great is if they fully embraced the attitude era and the door is hinged. The camera busts in, and meanwhile Goldberg's at the table going, "You're a pretty man." Does a line of coke, and then charges up and. Wouldn't walks it be great outside. if he does the raging bull, oh. like monologue? Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's the raging bull in the mirror. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just now, not the not the the stiff Batista one that they tried to make out like was awesome, but you're oh. talking like the acting chops that only the star of Universal Soldier. The return and Santa Slay. Give it you. I, you and I joked about this for years. The one-liner that describes Bill Goldberg's acting in one line by Leonard, oh, the Leonard, Leonard Bolton Mo- review. What is it? You uh, remember Leonard Bolton's review of Universal Soldier: The Return ends with, "Oh, and Bill Goldberg possesses all the dramatic prowess as Foghorn Leghorn." <laughs> Awkward <laughs> Leghorn is a saint. Saint Foghorn right, Leghorn's so name shall not be taken. Did, I know this has been talked about, but why does a destroyer like Goldberg need? Security. security. Like, if he does the walk... Especially Doug Dillinger's people. Well, well, first of all, those aren't there to protect Goldberg. They're there to protect you from Goldberg. Because Goldberg doesn't want to beat up anybody but the guy in the ring. He's a face. Maybe that chick with the beer. Oh. I don't know. know. His last name is Goldberg. (laughs) Yeah, he was the goalie for the Mighty Ducks. Goldberg! It wasn't me! So it wasn't me! That'd be great if Goldberg like cuts a a mean fart right in the right in the right in the middle of that walk with that crew of dudes around. That would that would give Bret Hart a stroke. Oh Oh, no. It's right here. Terrible <laughs> foreshadowing. It's common. All right, all right. Ugh. So this match. All right, but before, oh, so, oh, so, oh, wait a minute. This, this, we have wrestlers that need to earn their paychecks. <laughs> the security that's supposed to secure the wrestler is instantly null and void. They are useless because the outsiders show up, folks. You forgot about them, right? Oh. They're here in this era. Well, it's Hall and Nash because uh, the security had to leave him. As he takes the left around the giant gargoyle humping the pumpkin, and they come out in front of the graveyard. So they left him. So having his security betray him would have been a great storyline. Now we're heel security. Wouldn't that be yeah. interesting? It would have been. But then, yeah, they come and get him from behind. And, and, and it's not like they do like this great beatdown of him either. Oh, it's nothing. It's no great shakes. And it's it, a cha-ching. Cha-ching. It, cha-ching. It's almost like it's it's. It's like they were trying to put one more obstacle in Goldberg's path to get to Sid, but it's like. It was mere, a lot of good it did. It, it, I mean, it was a hurdle about as high up as his ankles. He could easily get over it, no so problem were they whatsoever. Friends with Sid, or because I know That's what things I are kind of hazy. Because right, so, there's always that legendary promo with Sid. Uh, twice the half, brain, or half the twice. brain. And, now, all right. If I remember, that is after this. It is. I think, I think it it's. Is. I think it's after this because I think it's in December. I I think it's. I'm. I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to check the stuff. It might be in the lead up to mayhem. Mm-hmm. Okay, might well, be next next episode. Next we episode, that we out. can get to it. So, outsiders do their thing, and security somehow is able to get rid of them. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how, but they do. They offered Scott Hall a drink. Sid comes out. Why not? Let's start the match on the outside. We're gonna be there yeah, eventually. Let's just start it on the outside. <laughs> Fuck it. And this thing, like 
You know how Sid, like Lex Luger, looks awesome? Can't work for fucking shit when it comes to punches. They just look, they look so fake. Sid? Yes. Because he kind of punches away. Yep. He punches away. You got it. Yeah, you're right. He has horrible death perception. Where, on the opposite side, Bill Goldberg thinks wrestling is real. real. (laughs) (laughs) And is hitting as hard as he can. No one's told him. So what happens? We get, we get the stairs, they become a jar on the outside. The stairs become a job. Goldberg has like Sid's face in the stair, like on the stair, and is just punching the crap out of him. The second though, the referee gets him away. We know what's happening, folks. Sid is n- not just reopening oh, bad, the wound; dude. he is reblading. I think he is. <laughs> is blading part it's not due. enough? Blading part due occurs, and sure enough, when we come back to it, Sid is a mess. He is a bloody mess. And the rest of... Here's what... And then it's just more weird commentating. Like, the commentating turns Sid into a baby face. Talking... They, they keep putting over... He how, won't quit. He won't quit. He's so tough. He's the toughest man that Goldberg's ever faced. They, they Steve Austin, him essentially. That is exactly what I was going to say at the yeah. end of the match. If that was the goal of this, was to get him over like WrestleMania 13. Because the way this match ends up going is Goldberg just... I mean, there's there's no match here. He just beats the shit out of him. There's very little offense that Sid gets in. Yeah, it's more of and a, then, how can I ruin this ring? And, and you can tell the ref... Uh, <laughs> Mickey J. Mickey J is looking like... Uh, he is... You can tell he doesn't know what to do with this. Like, do I should I let this go? This is a high-profile match. Well, see, here's another thing with, with, with ble- uh, bleeding and wrestling. You know, it's not... Wrestling, you know, it's, it's scripted. It, you're bleeding. It's a part of the storyline. But believe it or not, there actually is a point where you can bleed too much and you actually cannot perform. And I can't believe this never happened to Austin, where you know you lose so much blood that you start to get woozy. And, and it doesn't happen. Jesus. Softball Sid is woozy he, as He is fuck. so woozy, but he's still doing even a worse god-awful version of his punch, trying to do anything he can. Like, this is his movie, The Wrestler. Way in the future, but like you know what I mean. Like this is I got that's gonna be good. I need to live, so I need to stick my finger in a deli slicer. (laughs) Remember, Sid is going to go on to potentially lose a fight to Martin Landau. So we can. Oh Jesus! So Sal Mandini want to wrestle? Look out! It's uh, Perry. That will be that will be a fun Bono episode. (laughs) We will tackle ready to rumble. That movie is amazing. But anyway, it hasn't happened. I think we yet. both fell asleep watching that one day. I was the only one in the theater. I the watched the commentary one. is amazing because who does the commentary? Uh, is it Oliver Platt? Dweezil Zappa? No, Dweezil Zappa. Uh, someone else. <laughs> and the, oh, it's, it's Dweezil Zappa. That and the guy. Two main stars. And apparently, they get to the point where they don't give a shit and forget they're doing commentary, and they're high because there's the line: "You want to hear what corn nuts sound like in surround sound? Turn up your volume." Orange crunch, crunch, crunch. And they talk about the camel toe on Caroline Ray. It's amazing. I'm really sad I sold that DVD though. Well, we'll find it. We will. We'll be yeah. back to it again. Okay. This thing though, it again. There's, I there's, hate this match. There's no. I hate it. Well, there's why, no why match too. Because yes. and the thing is, like, Goldberg does. He showed like if he was smart, if he was a smarter worker, 
you need to do a back away do, play to the crowd for a bit or something give said time to at least like or the ref time to be able to work with him to maybe maybe salvage something out of this instead no i'm just going to beat the fuck out of him and he does it to the looks point where careless he it, it really does and I, and then what's even funnier is the look on his face when the ref stops it he yeah. looks so pissed at him that he stopped the match and it's like what did what did you expect? Once here, again, Bill? you lose so much blood. Like maybe it wasn't supposed to be the finish. I I honestly don't I, I, know. I don't I, think it was. Because I, I he think was, they, I think they overbladed. Yeah, and they might have. And then you get uh, so Goldberg wins the U.S. title, mm-hmm. and which is weird when when you go from world title win to being demoted back to the U.S. title. But then Rick Steiner comes out. And it's, it's funny because Rick Steiner, yeah, because Rick was running with Sid at this point. Yep. And the funny thing is, Rick doesn't look like Rick the Worker. Rick is just no, like, Rick's like somebody said in the back. Because Sid, that's the thing about Sid here, which is uh, commendable and foolish at the same time that he wants to just keep fighting no matter what, even though like he's out of his mind nuts at this point. Can, can I mention one thing real yeah. quick? The crowd. The, what's so interesting is the crowd was so gone after mm-hmm. that Hogan Sid match, or sorry, after the Hogan Sting match. Yeah. They are almost back mm-hmm. with this match. Like, they are actually really into it, which is baffling me because right. this match is fucking atrocious. Right. But the crowd's really into it. And the thing is, how long does this match last? Maybe five 15, minutes? Yeah. 15 tops. 15? It, it, it feels so fucking but short. But for a main event, you're going to give me some. And that's the thing we just, you know, the crazy thing we just talked about is it was no, supposed it was. to be the main event. <laughs> but it's not. Right. How is this not the main event? It's now been upstaged by the strap match, uh, which it's is coming. So but nuts. It, the, what's cool is Sid seemed to try to put his little bloody head plant on each one of the Slim Jim he, markers in the four corners of the ring. I felt like, I, as when I was a kid, I was terrified of Sid Vicious. Oh, absolutely. Like, he's just a monster. He's scary. Six foot he eight. And, he and Van Vader, when they were masters of the power bomb with Harley Race, their manager... To me, one of the most scary tag teams sure, ever. Sure, absolutely. And then seeing this guy bleeding like this, and I felt sympathy for him. I, I that's the thing. Like that's like an, uh, it, an unintended, uh, unintended, without so a doubt. Well yeah, him. they totally like the commentators were putting him over. The crowd was, for what it's worth, buying into it, getting behind Sid, even though like you know he's. He's still playing up that he's a well. He doesn't want to quit fighting. That's the funny thing. Even Rick Steiner, if you look, if you see his face, he is clearly like Sid. Stop. We need to get the fuck out of here now. Yep. And you need to go. We can see your skull. Yeah. No, he was messed up. So uh, and all for what? This match sucks. And <laughs> it's I don't know if it's at this point or at another point. Bobby says Goldberg was in the fight of his life, and I'm like, how? Mm. He was no, no. Sid was in the final. Well, because like, Bobby, maybe. he he could have potentially got hip. I guess. <laughs> I mean, the like thing Bob is, Bob Orton. <laughs> if you're gonna say somebody was in the fight of their life, then I have to believe they're in significant danger. Goldberg was never in any danger in this match at all. Not one. Even when the lumbering slam. security couldn't <laughs> spot the outsiders coming a mile away and ambushing him. So, nevertheless, another not quick cut, but we're back. To, <laughs> We're getting the video packages here, folks. They're starting to come in. We get the recap of DDP and Flair. Yes, we do. Just and, it, oh, it, we actually get the the hotel video. Yeah, we get that's the hotel. The I was talking about. Hey, here we go. the Flair bounce. So this is very interesting. But then, like when we when we're coming out of the video package, we've got Metallicro playing again, and it is it's Sting game. Sting, <laughs> Sting, Sting's music? Question mark. <laughs> 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 Wait, well, he's coming back. Stinger's back in the ring. It's Sting, time to apologize. <laughs> Sting says, 
Very simply, I did not come out to Vegas for a night off. And, and the he, crowd cheers. He's he, the heel, right? He's the heel. All right. right. Let's, let's keep going. And he's challenging anyone in the back to come out and wrestle. That's right. world champions do. Someone come take this from me, please. So that pretty much puts the, the upcoming strap match on a time limit. <laughs> so so, so bef- just before this, we were like, okay, the strap match is now the main event. Not so fast. No. <laughs> no we're gonna we, have... got, we got more. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. So It's the worst thing going on today. Page versus Flair Time. Well, yeah, this is, a, this is the most notes I took in an entire match. Because for what it's worth... Fucking hell. Th- for what it's worth, I think Flair is trying to guide Paige through this. He's, tr- I, I think he's trying to tell a story here. Now, in the execution, uh, here's where it gets funky. I mean, the thing is, there, there what is there really to say about this until we get to the finish? Like, it, it's a lot of, Let's I'm going to choke try. you. Um, Let's try. Actually, if I recall, in an... Uh, an episode of Under Duress, you and I talked about how all strap matches have the same, I'm going to hold you on my back, I'm wow, going to tag, tag, you tag, and, I mean, this is finished, but this is completely they, different. To the commentary's credit, they say right off the bat, this is not going to be a strap match with post rules. It's going to be a strap match that just ends so in a So it's not a strap match. It's not a strap, it's just a... It's a bondage match. <laughs> I don't see the point. This makes just as much sense to me as a cage match... That ends with a pinfall, I, which drives me even fucking crazier than whatever this is. Uh, well, well, that's not our podcast. That we were looking at, but <laughs> there's some good cage matches that end in pinfalls. Yeah, yeah, I know, I, I, I know. But I, why I, is there a referee in a cage? <laughs> like that—that's like, where I draw the line. If you go back line. to the idea of like the idea with the cage, it should be two guys enter, one man leaves. One man Period. leaves. That's it. Door that's it. climbing out. So big I, show I throws you through the cage. <laughs> it, whatever it takes, man. You get speared through the cage. Fucker. Jeez. So they. I also, by the way, there's a sign in the crowd that says, "What? No puppies?" Yeah. What is that? It's it's it's, it's a hard oh, camera. Quick, another quick cut in the ho- when Hogan was not coming out. They do like a thirty second close up on a WWF wrestling buddy uh, in the of crowd. Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I was like. <laughs> WCW ripped that off to a T. The logo <laughs> is so clearly on there, WWF, yeah. and they keep it on. What about <laughs> Sad Kid Number Two? That one lady who the the showgirl single working mom who got those front row tickets by probably putting out has her kid right there with his little cups, and he's all excited about Hogan, and it doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. I'm, I'm more excited at this point at that lady and that kid's backstory. Where's this kid today? Probably a criminal. I, I, think, <laughs> well, I, I think during this match, Paige and Flair run into them at some point because they decide to not just go on wow. the outside. They go around wow. the entire arena. And it's really just walking around, shot that. by Flair, punched by Paige, traded off, traded off, and they just keep... Ro- and these are two of my favorite guys. Yes. D- DDP was my favorite guy in, in WC- all of WCW. Mm-hmm. I used to lie and tell people he was my fifth cousin. <laughs> True <Wow>. story. <laughs> You heard it here. Family reunion. Yeah. (laughs) Give me a discount on your DDP yoga. We're fictional fifth cousins. So Ric Flair blades in five minutes. <laughs> They're blades, <laughs> like blades in the strap. I don't even remember what it took, like to like what the move was that got him to do it. I, I can't I, I can't remember if he if it's a if it's a guardrail spot 
or if it's just a punch. I think it was just a punch. I, I think it's just I'm leaning towards diamond. Down. Dallas Page made of diamonds. It's just like I, another pet peeve of mine. Ric Flair blades too much. He no, blades no, entirely no, too no, much no, here's in his a, career. Now, see, right after the blading happens, it's crazy now where the commentary all of a sudden is like, have you ever seen a pay-per-view like this? These writers. Actually, no. They put over the writers. <laughs> they put them over in this match. That's what I don't understand. To go back to Buff Bagwell talking about the writers up north. What, what, like, Jim Cornette would go crazy over this shit. What does this do to psychology when you have people, wrestlers, talking about the writers up north while they're in the middle of a segment that is clearly written? <laughs> it, it's like the inception of professional wrestling. Good it, job. It's a promo within a promo a, within a promo right. within a shoot. I within a shoot. I can see the meme yeah. where it ends with that DiCaprio face. Right. Buff Bagwell's going to come out. He's going to try to spin his oversized Monopoly piece top hat, and it just fades to black. We never know. I just I, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't get why they do that. But um, so I, Go on. Go on. You have my permission. I mean, go on. I have nothing to say right now. The, the build towards the finish is Paige, uh, you know, what better way wait, to... Wait. Oh, oh. Oh. Paige chokes out Ric Flair with the strap. Oh, it's awesome. And I mean, it is awesome. I got, no, I have it right here. I marked the fuck out when he's choking him out and then he spins it into a diamond cutter. Because Flair takes in a great diamond cutter. Oh, bomb. it's great. And I actually jumped out of my bed. I was here so comes, wow. This, uh, this is a WCW fashion. <laughs> Who's the referee, folks? That would be it's Little Nate. Yeah, That's yeah, right. But, yeah, tonight's least valuable player, uh, <laughs> Charles, Charles Robinson. Robinson, goes for the pinfall. One, two. <laughs> he Earl Hebner's without a single move from Ric Flair. And remember when he does this? And he kind of adjusts his hair. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he knows. And then, like, oh, so oh. he calls for the bell, even though he really didn't. Well, he barely, he kind of counted three. It's hard to say because it was a collapsing two count because he expected Ric Flair to kick out. Nevertheless, he calls for the bell. And the look on Paige's face. Oh, it's gold. He I must have played it five times. Bitch. Because you texted me about it before I even knew about it. And I was like, oh, this has got to be what he's talking about. And ah, that diamond cutter looked good. <laughs> he, dude, he diamond cuts the fuck out of Charles Robinson. Won't be the first finisher Robinson takes tonight, unfortunately. Well, well, <laughs> I, I, I want to mention that Robinson takes the diamond cutter, and then five seconds later, you see him clearly on the ground adjusting his earpiece. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, man. What, wait, what? I fucked up? I want suspension? Okay. <laughs> so first I've got to referee this new main event. Right, he has to come back, which we'll get to. I immediately put out Oh, the this, crowbar comes back. I, I immediately said after this, yeah, hell of a pay-per-view brain. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of brain, the crowbar so, destroys Ric Flair's genitals. So pa pa Paige goes back to choking Ric Flair again. Why not? Mm -hmm. So then guess who comes out? Sad and, dis sad and despair himself, David Flair. He comes oh. out to try and make the save. But he gets hit in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Kick him in the balls! It's Kimberly, it's Kimberly that does it, correct? I believe, yeah. It is. I have written next, Paige continues to work said balls with the yes. crowbar. Yeah. With the crowbar. David takes a terrible diamond cutter bump. What mm. is that? Uh, it's the what? first McMahon stunner he, of diamond cutter He botches bumps. it like Kane. <laughs> 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 he's kind of I'll just fall 
Paige, though, I love how DDP's like, you're gonna take it again. Yeah. And that time it's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> he, he forgot to tell him you better tuck the chin in. You gotta tuck the chin. Yeah, Big gotta... scene with the EMTs. They are rushed. They, they bring... I actually the, really like this. The, this but... And here's what's funny is everybody is crying. Oh, yeah. David's crying. He always cries. <laughs> During the match, though, we get another flair mouth-raping Kimberly. Doesn't he get a lock on her? Yep, he does. He does? Right? He does? Yep. So th- it's what, like... is he three for three now? Yeah. Yeah, he's everyone oh, but Medusa. And, and on a side note, how many storylines is Ric Flair in? All of them. He's. It seems like he is all in this show. <laughs> All over the place. Unless it has we, to do with a singles belt. And, and that's... That, right. That, yeah. that yeah. becomes important here because... They, the filthy animals commit grand theft auto. <laughs> and kidnapping. And kidnapping. <laughs> I have that too. Yeah. And assault. <laughs> okay, so why... And the camcorder's back. Yeah. yeah. Well, they got to film it, which we never see. No. Uh, but I guess the, it's on the DVDs. The, the Flair best Witch Project. I really was into this. I'm not going to lie. This was so bad at this point. Why did they put a neck brace on a man who just had trauma to the genitals? I, it's awesome. I mean, like, this, like, like, it's, it's obviously his old This isn't man. the team that works on Jerry Lawler. BB! BB! He just got hit in the nuts. Five times with a crowbar. Get that man in a neck brace. <laughs> and bring a Z-Pack while you're at it. Now, do, do, <laughs> I'm trying to remember, like, I don't think... Do we see it here where they bury him in the sand? No. no okay, that's what happens What's the this? next night on Nitro. Okay, you I see what that. they did to Ric Flair. So they, they took him out to the Las Vegas desert, like, casino? And bury Ric Flair in the sand. They bury... Because, see, here's what's crazy. Because I'm going to jump a little bit ahead to the next night on Nitro here. So... We just saw what happened to Hulk Hogan, right? Yeah. Taking a, I'm, I'm, nope, gone. See ya. Ric Flair gets buried in the desert. He's fucking gone. He is. <laughs> we. What a he hell come back. He doesn't show up for a while. DDP the next night. David Flair like snaps and crowbars the shit out of DDP. DDP gone. So right there. I don't, three top stars. I'm and uh, this is where I was like, all right, is, is this have to, does this have to do with all right? We don't really, we're not cool. We have contracts, but we don't really like you, so we can we're gonna go play ball without playing ball. We're just gonna sit on the sidelines and collect our checks. I don't know. I don't know. It's just really conspicuous that within two nights, three of the biggest guys <coughs> in the in the entire WCW are out. Well, he rubbed so many people the wrong way, Told especially Ric Flair. Oh yeah. Uh, that's that's all very interesting. I, d- I didn't know that. Uh, he buried him in the sand. I can't. I can't. Oh, I mean, oh, oh, look, make no mistake. This is more <laughs> like uh, Steve Austin, Undertaker buried alive, burying Ric Flair in the sand. Oh. So oh. does Ric From Flair what come I've... back in eleven months with a biker gimmick? <laughs> I told Brother Paul to fill up the bikes with enough gas. Beyond, it's Brother Arn. I told brother I'm filming up. Woo! And then what we're wearing? Woo! Gucci suits. I'm I. The next thing I've written here, I never thought I'd get tired of Metallicro, but I'm fucking tired of it because they're playing it again. And this is Sting's third time coming to the ring. Sting's right? in the ring. Sting is once again. Now the impromptu all time. Now, now, now let's. I want to. I want to bring this up. Uh, so I'm, we're watching this on WWE Network. No, mm-hmm. we all watch this separately. Boy, this was quite a shocker uh, to pause it to see how much time was left. And it was only How? seven minutes, and this was before ring entrances. Ooh, yeah. Because what was the seven, total length on this show? Two, two hours, 45 minutes. They have three hours to cover up. I guess they were a little worried about the Halloween havoc that happened the year before. So Very they, true. Very so they, true. So they might have wanted to end it as early as possible. 
And I'm thinking you got Goldberg and Sting. Uh, this is the only time this match has ever happened, as far as I know. This should have been a huge moneymaker. Yeah. They do it unannounced, and they do it, and the match is essentially four minutes long. Yep. Uh, and, like, w- wouldn't it have been cool, least if Goldberg came out with the U.S. title? Like, yeah, fuck that shit. He, he, he decides to repeat Money Nitro uh, from 98, and... Um, it, yeah, it, I totally forgot he won the U.S. title exactly. when the match started going. It, and, well, and here's what's here's what's weird. So when he comes out, initially it's billed as a world title match. Shivani oh. says it's a non-title. This match. is the fuck up of the evening, as mm. far as I'm concerned. And the Big match itself, comments. like like the uh, sadly, like I, I hate to say that Sting gets eaten by Goldberg, but he gets Sting's eaten. got one moment. One moment Holy where it's cow. cool. He spears. he spears Goldberg. And, and the Go- crowd comes alive. It, and so did I. <laughs> and what does Goldberg do? Doesn't sell doesn't it. Doesn't fucking sell it. He just Not doesn't care. He, no, he's about to be the first two-time dual belt winner. Yeah, so, that's right. So, that's so, right. The, so the way this works is we're under the assumption it's a title match. Right. The only the only way that we don't know it's a it's a the only way that we know that it's a non-title match is because Tony Schiavone yeah, just told us. So either so everyone in the audience is under the assumption that this, this is, is a, a title, title match. match. No one tells them. Uh, personally, I was hoping El Dandy would come to the or Laparka some order. because yeah. he is the chair. He I is will, the chair. Here's something I will tell you guys in reading through the Thunders and the Nitros. Laparka gets a hell of a lot of good airtime. Yes, he does. It's I remember great. that. And it's... I always liked Laparka. But here's the anyway, thing. Yeah. With this title match, all of a sudden, throughout this whole night of, of uh, breaking tradition, kayfabe, whatever, tradition all of a sudden matters in this match because with the finish that happens, Tony Schiavone has to cover and say that, ah, contracts need to be signed. Yeah. Yeah. All, of, all yeah. of a sudden, NWA rules rear their ugly head. It's like that episode of Thunder where Paige and Luger won the tag titles from the Giant and Brian, Brian Adams. Adams. And J.J. Dillon calls in from like an electrical storm on the road. You can hear the windshield wipers going. Yeah. He's like, I, w- this match was unsanctioned. Yeah. It didn't count. <laughs> so we send in Charles fucking Robinson. The guy who botched the last finish to come in and referee this monstrosity. And, I mean, the, the finish itself is not really the problem because Goldberg just spears and jackhammers him. Even those Sting, the, the trifecta of splashes. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, they're great. Great. <laughs> yeah, they're fantastic. I still don't understand how a man of Sting size spearing a man of Goldberg's size hurts a man like Goldberg. Sure. Take Well, while he didn't sell it. Well, true. So, so there's that. Like, taking him off his feet, sure. Here's the thing. I mean, like, when you spear somebody and you do it and it's not... I'm sorry. I, Edge's spear to me always Sucks. looks... It's he, the worst one. He's on his knee. His, his knees are hitting the ground before anything else does, including the other guy's body. Even worse than Caitlin? <laughs> Who's? Caitlin. I remember... <laughs> oh, oh, the, the diva that was trying yeah. to spear. Oh, yeah. God, no. But still, like, if you legitimately spear somebody like that and take them off their feet, mm-hmm. that's... It, it may not knock the air out of you, mm-hmm. but I feel like at least, like, I'm, and if I'm going to try and... shake you. It should mm-hmm. shake you a little bit. And the fact that a guy just did your, one of your moves. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Goldberg played football. I'm sure he got knocked off his feet plenty of times, and it, you know... Isn't that the whole reason he joined wrestling? <laughs> right. I, <laughs> so anyway, mm. there's a scorpion death drop done to Robinson because Robinson gives the title to Goldberg. And then, arguably the funniest moment for me happens right after that. Sting does a scorpion death drop to Charles Robinson, to which is followed by like a three-second pause, and then Bobby Heenan just going, why not? 
He just yeah. goes, why not? And I agree. What? What? A, it doesn't matter. And uh, what a night. When I hear somebody say, what, what a, a night. night. Mm. I, not that I disagree. <laughs> what a crazy finish. I'll that never forget that this. That is the equivalent to your, th- that was fun. This is fun. This is fun. It's like, this is over. This. Uh, so, what a, I mean, and, and as we were talking about off air, it ends abruptly. Oh, like, my God, why? Bam. Just. It couldn't have ended like that on the real show. No. Like, it's just Sting walking and then done. Can you imagine, if they had the balls to do this in a real wrestling city, the nightmare. Oh, they Philadelphia would, would kill him. I mean. CM Punk chants all throughout the show. <laughs> Even before people just why do Who I the feel fuck is that? to do that? That sounds like a guy that'll be somebody. So you know, if you recap this show, it's not awful. And then those last three matches happen, and they just one by one, like it just dissolves into just like. Sadly, I think a theme we're going to see a lot is we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh we no, have no oh, clue. And what the we're thing doing. is, this isn't as bad as it gets. No, this isn't even close. This no. is actually serviceable, allegedly. <laughs> right, right. Allegedly. Right. Now, this wouldn't Allegedly. have been bad for a Nitro leading into a pay-per-view because your TV show should be the questions, your pay-per-view should be the answers. Right. And then maybe you start up, you maybe begin or transition to another story. But this was completely like, what are we going to do? It, it turned into tune in. To we got to go. We got to go. Yeah, there wasn't even like a notice of Mortal Kombat or Robin Hood no. or a rerun of Chips. It was about to come on. Which I felt like watching that after watching this. I was like, it's chips on Hulu. This is bad. All right. Good stuff, bad stuff. Let's kind of round table this. Good stuff. Like, what if if we're going to try and find a silver lining out of this pay-per-view, what was it? Who goes first here? Are you the new one. You go ahead. Uh, I did a I did a calculation <laughs> of I had a little formula in the of, Excel spreadsheet. I, I did, I did. It was really weird. It was uh, I took every match and rated it on a scale of one to five. Okay. And then I and then I averaged that out uh, with the total number to see what the final match rating would be. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I because I, I was like, there's no way I had to recheck my math three or four times. I came out to the final match rating was a, was a two and a half out of five based on matches. So it's about decent. It's it's okay, but I refuse to rate this show two and a half out it, of five. Well, I, I think then you, if you weighted the matches, like, all right, cruiserweight or... <laughs> There's two matches that are, that are good to decent because I don't want to say they were good because of the finishes, but the match of the night for me clearly is Chris Benoit versus Rick Steiner right, yeah. with a follow-up being Eddie Guerrero versus Perry Saturn. Absolutely. Everything else... Fucking sucks. It, it's it's terrible. Disco Inferno and Lash LaRue come close to something that's salvageable. Right. But it's no good. Say um, that again, because I don't think people are going to believe that. that on, on a what? night that Sting fought Hogan. Oh, Disco right? Inferno, Isn't that crazy? Lash LaRue. Yeah. Rank no, Sting versus Hogan. Uh, it, it's a fucking travesty. Sting it's not versus, even a match. Sting versus Goldberg. Yet, Disco It's really not a match. So, it's, that's not even really a match. Like... This pay per view is a complete insulting of intelligence. Uh, like, like it's it's uh, it's. Some, remember the Vince McMahon promo from '98 uh, where he talks about right. we're tired of you know we have a feeling that you think you're having your intelligence insulted. Yeah, that's this pay per view. That's what this is. The Benoit Steiner best match, worst match. Hogan Sting, the person who sucked the most, the LVP, the least valuable player, is Charles Robinson, who I love. But for some, but I guess he was just as confused as I was about the whole thing. Uh, so, other than that, oh, one more thing I want to take note of. I had never seen this pay per view before, but I started to recognize some things during the Goldberg Sid match, and I didn't know why. And then it hit me: 
doesn't Mickey J stop this match because of blood? I feel like I've seen this before, and that's how it ended. I immediately went to my Blu-ray collection. I have the Goldberg Blu-ray that WWE put out. Oh, okay. Now, this is interesting. And <laughs> these are supposed to be Goldberg's best matches on this Blu-ray. Is this on there? Not only is the Sid match on there, <laughs> the Sting match is on there. And it's titled on the listing as two matches in one night. That's how I've seen it before. <laughs> it's shit. Like, there's no reason either of those matches should be at any Goldberg best of. Never. Oh. I... But, uh, I mean, I've got more, but that's pretty much how I feel about the show uh, as a whole. Jason, take it away, because I know you guys had a fun time watching the pay-per-view. When... Well, it's when you get people that didn't watch wrestling back in the day to watch it, and they see the train wreck, especially you've been showing them a, a mix of current product and then like NXT so they're oh mm. and then they see this and they're just kind of confused and bewildered and I was like yeah this is what was going on and they're like and wrestling was popular it was uh, at its yeah I was like this is like the height I said but there was a shift uh, I guess the silver lining is it it, it ended on time uh, <laughs> so no refunds shit. right yeah. there was no refunds uh, they're definitely not going to be re-airing any of those matches no. in their entirety folks no. uh, the next night uh, I mean I was, you know, to start this again, I am a huge fan of Disco Inferno. I like that. I mean, always have been. Not saying it to be funny or ironic. Ah, I like I said, it. he had talent. Disco like has made it into two out of the three of our... Wow. I mean, so I'm, happy to, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Because he gets so much shit. Yeah, I do. Because he, oh, he was oh. one of the best TV yeah. champions did, ever. Oh, yeah. And because he had a great like, theme song. One of the few good WCW theme songs. He was a TV champion because he was the heel TV champion. You just can't wait to watch someone beat him. And when no one, that's what a champ should that's, be. And that's why you got to watch next week. Yeah, to see like, who's going to watch, who's right. going to beat him next. So, I'm just curious. You, you guys know what happens next with Disco Inferno? Like, this is, this is, has Russo. No, no, go ahead. Okay. All right, so the next night. starts carrying the duck. The next night on Nitro. Starts out like, or it's not, maybe it's not the exact next night, but it's in the next couple shows. Somebody starts showing up at ringside with old Disco. And causing him to be a little distracted in his matches. It's Tony Marinara. Mm-hmm. Disco owes money. Tony Marinara from Full Blooded Italians. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because Big Vito will show up later. Yeah. Oh. Apparently, the Disco Inferno, whatever his real name is, Glenn. Uh, yeah, yeah, Glendino. Glenn. It starts with an M. <laughs> it's okay. It's kayfabe. He's the Disco baby. He uh, apparently he owes money. So like his, like Dino Bravo. He, <laughs> 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 wow, the three bullets in the temple. Ooh, that's what, and that's the funny thing is like he owes money, so like all of his matches become like, like he's got to win. Like his, and, but there's no real clear defined way how he's gonna pay them off. If if we're back in when wrestling, oh, does he got to go money, to the payroll and say, hey, I won the match. <laughs> so we quickly see him devolve, like just devalued into just like just shameless fucking comedy segments and i'm not saying they're comedy because we're laughing with them sadly we're laughing at this shit because he starts having to deal with the mama dukes right yep that's the no. that's the stable yeah the um the other follow-up i just wanted to mention briefly before you know you can finish up your point you guys know how they cover up the world title mess up in this yes <laughs> can i just say that something go ahead so jj dylan the next night on nitro <laughs> vacates the title why because Sting attacked Charles Robinson. <laughs> the dumbest thing. Now, on the flip side of that, DDP doesn't get any kind of punishment for attacking Charles Robinson. No. 
nothing. And if you look in this record book of Almanac, uh, <laughs> record book. Let's go Almanac. to the video. Is it's it's a new planet. To... <laughs> Almanac. It's, it's right next to Melman. Not... <laughs> uh, the title change that Goldberg. It doesn't count. Yep. It doesn't count. It just. It's just. Because it's weird. JJ's almost like. Yeah, Sting, you're right. He screwed up. You shouldn't. He, Goldberg shouldn't have taken the belt. But then, however, <laughs> you attacked a senior official. Uh, so come on! Gonna, all of a sudden, tradition matters. <laughs> Again, any over-the-top rope should be a disqualification. Absolutely. Close-handed punches. Oh wait, no, it's the only one's convenient. But Charles but, Robinson wasn't punished at all for his ineptness. Oh, no. His his Nick Patrick-esque way of of refereeing a paper. He would have been perfect at Starcade. Yeah. <laughs> Instead oh. of how Patrick won. Two, three. Nine. That was fast. When we start the match, we're not going to get screwed here. Oh, remember when you came out and won the belt for America after I lost to Yoko? Yeah, you're <laughs> going to do that for me. But Jay, finish up, finish up the rest. Of, like, do you have yes. any more good? Do you have any more bad? What, um, like, what? No more good. What's the match of the night for you? Uh, I mean, is there a match of the night? Yes, I mean the Rick Steiner. Okay. Oh, we agree. Because, I mean, All right. That's a good. It's a good match. Like, I, I'm a big fan of that. Was just pure. Like, that was pure just kind of ruthless dudes going at it, which is good for wrestling. A Rick Steiner singles match being the match of the night. That's going to be universal. Isn't that cool? New new blood is rising, fella. (laughs) Uh, But that match was good. I mean, the the drama of of Sid, but they didn't take it anywhere. Like, unfortunately, his next feud comes to be Nash and Hall. Not yet, though. That's the thing. They try to continue this. But what's weird is where you think this should be left is now, okay... Well, then maybe we should work Sid as a babyface. No. no. No, they they try to throw him back into a heel mode, and it sets up at Mayhem, you get an I Quit match with him and Goldberg. I, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> and the audience gets the microphone. We're done. They all turn their backs simultaneously. I'm not watching this shit. This is, uh, no, no, I get the feeling that one day some guy named Brock Lesnar or Goldberg are going to get booed out of a WrestleMania building. Anywho. So lots of bad. The can we let's, let's, can we talk about a few odds and ends here for a second? I, I or, the only I the only thing I'm going to say because you guys have pretty much covered the match and I, I cannot oh, yeah. dis, I cannot you, cannot disagree cannot disagree with you guys. <laughs> Fred a cat no 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 seriously that, that TV title match is it no doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely Eddie and Saturn um, th- that eh, the try that that that's a screwy finish with the flare thing. It's still both those matches are really solid. Thank God they're on this show because you like those, the DDP flare match. I don't. Is that mind, what you just said? Oh, and I was talking about the. Um, I'm sorry. I meant the Eddie Guerrero. Oh, okay. Perry Saturn. Yeah. Okay. That I think well, was they solid. Were people in the crowd too, if you notice with that strap. Jesus. Oh my yeah. God. I was laughing it because it's like, like, it's like that, <sighs> that poor kid. He got it worse. Like I, the double whammy for him was a seeing Hogan lay down and B just gets shit kicked. He gets I think the saddest thing though for me in this. It is. It's weird. It's not even those last three finishes. It's Bret Hart tapping out. Bret Hart tapping out to a single leg Boston Crab from the by a half ass wrestler from a half ass wrestler. That's the only time I've ever known Bret Hart to tap out. I don't know if he ever tapped out again, but I will never forget that. I, I mean that, that. I don't even remember that in Bret's book. No, I don't remember him writing about it. No, and he bitched about everything in and, it. Oh. <laughs> I just felt I needed to help get Lex I just, over. You know, I, Lex will... Um, I, I'd almost <laughs> say, to bring back Wrestling with Shadows, which had come out so it's in canon here in this this universe, mm. is... Uh, I'd rather, you know, I'd sooner blow my brains out than tap out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I swear, that's that's what that's how I think, though, Bret Hart 
is. Like he's not gonna. You're, he's you old should, school. Dude. If you're gonna have him tap out, it better be significant. Yeah. It's like if John Cena, I know out of canon, if you have a guy like that tap out, it's got to be significant because otherwise, if you do it in a throwaway match, which this is sadly such a throwaway. Yeah. Well, all right. So. That that's I mean that's honestly all, that that to me that's the show. Uh, what about a final rating? What would you give it? If I had, a, I think your two and a half out of five is not bad. I might a, go. A that's little, a match rating. As a, I think if you I'm add just, in segments and and uh, <laughs> st- and story structure, I, I think I might just go slightly below and put two. I give it okay. We I, agree. It's yeah. a two out of five. Yeah. I, I, one. One. I I can't Man. disagree with because it's too clusterfuck. Yeah. Way too clusterfucky. It's like, well, our main event tonight is the U.S. Championship as Sting and Hogan will undercard that. No, no. Oh, so now it's a strap match? Oh, oh, now it's an impromptu world heavyweight non-title match. But I, it's I, a title I, match. <laughs> it's a non-title match, but it's a title match. A title <laughs> match. <laughs> we'll have to figure it out tomorrow on Nitro, folks. <laughs> we gotta go! <laughs> We're out of time. Well, I will say this. The video package did give me what I want to be my new ringtone. Oh my God, someone just got kicked in the face! Tony Schiavone rattling that out. We get it twice because you get the same video package at the beginning. And that's right. And, and right before the Sting Hogan debacle. Uh, that, so I guess that's good. That goes to my silver line. So that's the beginning of the new Blood Rising era here that we've got. And it starts off pretty much how we'd expect it to start off. But, you know, as we found with the Rick Steiner Chris Benoit match, there are little silver linings, little things. They're like, wow. Little things. Wow. And that's and, all I was hoping for. And that's, that's, that's it. Because, again, we know how this is going to end, but this is going to be a fun journey. It was actually, despite all the, you know, negativity that is rightfully disposed around this show, I had a good time watching it. Though this was fun, so I give it a two. Yeah, like, it was like know. it was. I I enjoyed the badness. Oh. I I did. Uh, it's <clears throat> it's nice to go back and look at that stuff, especially considering that you know wasn't watching it no. at the time. It was. No. I was. You, I can't. I can't believe that. this. <laughs> You made me relive this. Right. We have to change to, to to go with the flow of, of the future episodes of this podcast about yeah. little things is you you just we're gonna have to reevaluate like your your life is shitty. You have to reevaluate, you know, you have to def- redefine what your definition of a miracle is. So <laughs> we're gonna redefine what our definition of good is and pull it out. Yeah. Like totally. you know, there's some cool things coming. Three count, as shitty as it is, I think it's hilarious. I loved it. Uh you know, <sighs> Tank Abbott as some kind of record. Dude, I thought I waited. Mongo. I thought I waited on Tank Abbott the other night, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was gay. Like that was oh. the best part. Oh my gosh! All right, plug uh, plugs. All right, for, don't forget to please go to 4crwrestling.com. Check out some of the other um, some of the other podcasts. There still are a multitude of shows going on, as well as articles on the website. This show can be found on Twitter at New Blood Pod. That's how you can find this podcast on Twitter. Yep. Jason, you're on Twitter. Where are you at? I'm at the Jason Keeler and at underdress 4 cr Not anymore. That's at, that's New Blood Pod. You just completely changed it? It's at New Blood Pod. He does that. Doesn't inform me. I had to make... No one can take the name, man. I had to make sure. <laughs> are we wrapping this up right now? Yes. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, I, wait. I wanted to talk about two more things. Go oh, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And no. then throw us where we, people can find you, find Mr. Stabile. Yeah, that'll be the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a Twitter. All right. So, <laughs> what is it you thought that the poster was? You remember the poster? Because I found out what it was. Oh, the beast looking thing? Yeah. What do you think that was? Yeah, it, Just out of curiosity. It looked like cats. I don't know. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's half of it. Oh. 
What it, I don't know what the rest of it is. According to uh, <laughs> according to a site I found, it is an amalgam of a cat with Goldberg. Mm. Are and you serious? Look at it again. It's a cat with Goldberg's face. Oh, oh wait, the yeah, yeah. I, Why? I well, because because the, uh, cats represent Halloween, like the Star Trek episode that everyone fucking hates. <laughs> what was that one called? God, uh, that thing was terrible. Uh, uh, it was called Halloween Havoc '99. <laughs> so, what, wasn't one of the taglines what the creatures of the when our inner animals, animals come out to play? So we're at the devil's petting zoo. <laughs> the devil's <laughs> with, with with hyper humanoid Universal Soldier cat people. Oh my god! So are you are you on Twitter? I am absolutely not on Twitter. But I want to bring this up real quick. Ah, he's not letting go. I'm not done. I want to. I want to talk about this because I think this is important for okay. what we're talking about. The MGM Grand hosted Halloween Havoc five times. That's right. When did it start? Ninety seven. Started in ninety six. Ninety six. Now the total uh, seat capacity that 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 place holds is sixteen thousand eight hundred. Oh. That's what the total seat. Nineteen ninety six. WCW was pretty hot at that time. <laughs> pretty hot. Ten thousand. Okay. 1997. 12,457. Okay, makes sense. We're getting Wrestling better, right? Yeah. 98. 10,663. Okay. okay. The year we just covered. 8,464. The next year, the final Halloween Havoc. 7,582. Mm-hmm. Now, in comparison, 1999, WWF No Mercy happened that, 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 oh, that wow. October. Yeah. The main event was Hogan. Oh, sorry. Austin, <laughs> was that Austin? Austin and Triple H. Yeah. Happened at the Gund Arena in Cleveland. <laughs> 20,562 seat capacity. They had 18,742. Like, wow. 10,000 more people. And then the next year was 14,000. 342. They had double, either double or more the numbers that WCW had at the time. To put it in perspective as to how badly WCW was doing with attendance. Right. Because that's where they were losing a lot of money. And, and, and to their credit, that's the whole reason they had, they got, they were able to entice Russo and Ferraro. It was like, okay. And you can bring people in. And the thing is, like, yeah. their fingerprints are, are, are on this pay per view. You can tell. At the same time, I think the next pay per view, we're really going to see the full fledged. <laughs> well, we're going to see what these guys bring to the table because it's a whole lot of things. But, um,. You're not on the. You're not on the Twitter. You're you not on Twitter. I got. Any? I got Facebook, but I ain't giving you that shit. <laughs> yeah, you, you got an email or a, a PO box. Ah, uh, let's see. Uh, mm. Reaching the Morse code. Yeah. <laughs> I literally am off the grid, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, I got. Yeah, I got my email. I, I will have to invent. I, I will make it. You, you I will make a Twitter. You're, you're gonna Bill Clinton me. I will. You're build, gonna make my Twitter. <laughs> I'll make you. A Twitter. I mean, if that's the case, that's fun. But anyway, we'll th- get. To- this was this was fun as shit. Yeah, and it was. Uh, I can't wait. I, I am excited for Debbie for Mayhem. That's it'll be. It's the the first of maybe what only two times they get a chance to run the Mayhem pay per view. Do they even do it the year after? Uh, uh, Let's uh, go uh, to the almanac. No, wait, no, this only goes to 99. Uh, <laughs> Let's go to the network. As Jason's pulling it up, I'm on Twitter at WilliamRankin83, CriticalBill, aka William Rankin. That's you know that's my shoot name. That's my, sh- that's my shoot name. My working handle is Critical Bill. Goddamn. All these goddamn cocksuckers. <laughs> Mickey Rourke action at the end. They do a mayhem in 2000. Okay, so 
I don't remember that at all. It's gonna <laughs> the next pay per view. I promise it's gonna get better in comparison to this. So yeah, which I've actually seen. I can't I, wait. I, I, it's it's decent. Cannot wait for WCW Mayhem '99. That's when we're coming back at you. The New Blood Rising podcast. We're kicking this off. We're gonna catch you guys next time.